Welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. As we said in our 501 Impressions show two weeks ago, we would be going two weeks without a show. But we are back and talking about the latest topic, Alexander Ultimate, which uh, had a hell of a world first race that will be a very big topic for today, as well as the fight itself. But you don't want to hear me anymore, so let's get started. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Mitchell. Happy Pro. Of course, joining me is Sly, who I don't even want to do all the nicknames for. I'm just glad to see him again after two weeks. Hi. Hi, we back, boys. We yeah. back. Yeah, we back. Yeah. Slyby monster hunting, maybe 14 and whatever that means. And now we're good. We're back. We're here. We exist. Yeah. And next week we get to look dumb because I'm going to make sure Ethos has the stuff ready. See if he remembers what we talked about. So we get to be dumb next week. Woohoo. I mean, that's every week. Yeah, that's true. Ah, but the main reason you're here, Alexander Ultimate. Has been killed at this point a few times over, but we have members from the World First group. They have been guests on the show before and thus need no introduction. We have the Black Mage Supreme, Sphia, as well as the Healer Supreme, Keo. How are you two doing? Doing fantastic. Fantastic? Doing great. Weight of the world off my shoulders now that the... Wait, would you, would you call them Supreme or would you call them Perfect? Oh. And you don't like them when I do it. Sly. That's it. We're back. We're we're back for two weeks. We're back after two weeks and you became me. Yeah. That's bad. That's the kind of show it's going to be, everyone. Oh, it is good to have both of you on the show. Obviously, we have quite a bit to discuss regarding Alexander Ultimates. And uh, let's just get into it. Uh, before we get started, though, of course, we want to thank our patrons who have been supporting us over on Patreon. And I have a funny story for all of you regarding that that I would like to share at the start of the show. So as Sly, you know, we, we thank our patrons every week. Our patrons of Darkness, Kutracross, mm-hmm. and Kurenai, who we do their shoutouts at the end. You want to know something I found out during Alexander Ultimate Prog? What's up? Uh, Patreon hadn't paid me since May of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> so I you're all I've got it now though. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait what? Uh, yeah. Huh? Like 2017 as in 2 years ago. Two and a half. Jeez. All right. Jeez. The good news is okay. that that's been sorted and we're all good now. So thank you. Now all at once for the last two and a half years. Sly, <laughs> like, that means our incident was no. It was no. No. <laughs> no. That does not give you an excuse to do that shit again. No. No, but I'm saying that that means it wasn't even Patreon money. <laughs> it was. It was just money that came. It was right you. Out of it was you. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. Okay. 
Uh, but also, of course, Steel Series. We do our monthly giveaways. Uh, there will be one, a new one under the video tomorrow as the other one has expired today. I will be sending an email to the winner for that because we're probably going to have a long show. And my raid group wants me to be on time, which is 6.30 Pacific. So let's get started, shall we? <sighs> all right. So I'll go ahead and ask this since you all have done it. Um, after everything's said and done. Where would you rank this in terms of ultimates? Wow, you're just going right for the jugular with that. Sly, Sly wants to know right down to it immediately where you rank it. How much do you know about this fight? Have you been watching a lot? or I've been watching. Okay. So, for a very long time in our progression, I thought this is both the hardest and best uh, by a very long margin. Um mm. That was diminished slightly by one thing in the fight. The hardest is still there, absolutely, to me. I think if you ask all the people in my team, it, it varies from person to person, but still the hardest. Uh, but how great it was as a fight was slightly taken down a, just a notch. But it's still an amazing fight, and I still think probably the best fight in the game. It just just missed the mark with one specific thing. But it's great. Okay. It's actually fucking fantastic. Okay. Kia? Uh... So originally I was saying it was the hardest. I was firmly in the hardest camp. Now that we're a little further away from our clear, I think I'd say it's pretty close to even with UCOB in terms of execution difficulty. Sure. But it has the single most difficult mechanic in any ultimate in it, which is Wormhole. I don't think I still think Gavel's way worse than Wormhole. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's real. I, I know, I know we could have that discussion. I'm way more nervous during one than I am the other, personally. <laughs> That's just how I feel, though. Um, I want to say that there's there's two different slides. You went straight for the how does it rank. I actually was going to take that question in another direction later, but I guess I might go as well go for it now. There, there's Sorry, two please. different ways to rank a fight. There's how difficult it is to prog and how difficult it is. Is. To execute. Right. So I'm curious. You're, you're saying, you know, probably the hardest. You know, you think it's the hardest. I, with recency bias aside, because it's fresh on your mind, and you haven't had to re-clear it weeks and weeks like the other ones yet, do you think it's a harder to prog or that it will be harder to, or that it will still be difficult to repeat? Good question. Uh, knowing the secret, uh, I think it's easier than UCOB was to prog, but, um, it's not far off and it's definitely more fun in my opinion. I think okay. the fun factor for a T was way up there, but it can't be understated. Like I progged through UCOB through many different groups and it is a massive challenge. Um, there's a lot going on in that fight. So have you now, Kia? Yeah. Have you progged that same thing with T. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! For anyone wondering, uh, Kyo, Kyo made a, a makeshift group to do one Ukab clear that I was in <laughs> after his like four thousand clears that he had done prior and simultaneously. From what I understand, that's how much of a beast Kyo is. Svia, so, what about you? Prog versus repeat? Because you actually progged on Black Mage, which when we last spoke and you said you got to do it for Eden, you said you didn't know if you'd ever do it again. But it happened. Yes, it did. I said yeah. that if it stayed as broken as it is, I'd keep playing it in prog. And it just it didn't get nerfed. 
things didn't get buffed enough to push it from that position. Um, so here I am again, having like I've been just in a state of like mental exhaustion for the last few days after having to think so much and so actively all the time for that long. Um, but I, in terms of progging it and difficulty, it was fairly black mage friendly, but outside of that specifically, it was, I think possibly, well, okay, there's very big highs and lows in terms of the difficulty of it, right? You can go through Inception the first time and just smoke it and it's easy, too easy for a very specific reason. Uh, or you get to Wormhole and you just think, what the hell is this? Um, it has the right type of punishment, I think, for what an ultimate should be, which hits the mark way better than Yukob. Um, so I think it's, it's harder to prog than any of the other ones, except maybe Uwu, because blind Uwu day one was something else entirely. That was, it's never, I don't think it was the most difficult, it was just different. You have to take that kind of out of the equation. This one was, I can only really compare it to Yukob in that regard. Yeah, so when but, referring to Uwu Prague, you are specifically referring to those who did it day one, not the people who after. And I'd assume you'd have to you'd have to talk about pre-public knowledge of one of the mechanics for this versus pre-public knowledge of one of the mechanics for exactly, Uwu. Okay, exactly. yeah. The mystery was you, clearly more impactful this time. Sorry. Yeah, if you were to go through with strats already known. I think it would be about the same in terms of difficulty to progress as Yukob, uh, but I think you'd have a lot more fun doing it. Uh, they're both good fights, but I think this one is more active uh, and it makes you play better more often. It's, it's just the level of punishment is higher. All right. Well, we've got your general thoughts on it, but obviously that's not the only thing we're here to talk about or I'd say goodbye. Nope. So the, I guess we should probably start phase by phase because hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, okay, Sly, Sly wants to take the race. Sly's like, I've been away for two weeks. Cut loose. What are, you, what are you doing, Sly? What are you doing? Hey, like, so a word that keeps coming up is thoughts. Thoughts. Thoughts per you second. <laughs> yes. Where did this name come from? <laughs> I'm curious about that. You take that one, Kier. Uh, it's tough. See, we mulled over a name for a really long time. Um, I think it was actually a, a sort of a last-second decision to take the name Thoughts Per Second. We, you know, we were just Radiance for a while, like Raid Name Radiance. We didn't really have a name. Um, it was only in the last couple days leading up to Prague. I think we were joking about what did, what name did we send to the Frosty spreadsheet? You know, because it was we hadn't settled on one. But I don't actually remember what made us decide thoughts per second. Was it? Was it? So, did it not have anything to do with all thoughts? <laughs> no, nothing to do with <laughs> no, all thoughts. Okay. Nothing to do with all thoughts. It's, it's a good little tie-in, but no, unfortunately, uh, we actually used the the phrase a lot before we even decided it was a, a team name. We hadn't even put two and two together that oh, why not do that? But mm -hmm. it was kind of like a something to to keep in your in mind when deciding, making decisions about what we do in prog. So it would be, mm -hmm. do we take the job which does a little bit less damage, but you don't have to use your brain? Lower the TPS, right? Thoughts per second, keep it low. Focus on what you got to learn instead of wow. you know, what you're doing in the moment. It's it's all about that. And then that just turned into a meme, which became 
something else in Prague itself. Classic underthink. Mm. I'm definitely using that now. Lower your TPS. Yeah. Yeah, you already Damn, got people good. debuff. Now you got now you got your TPS. It's mm -hmm. fun. It's funny because honestly, it's something that hasn't been quantified too well. When we talk about consistency of pulls, people thinking about later phases leads to so many early phase wipes. You're just you're thinking about the prog point, and then you screw up living liquid. Happens all the time. You know, oh man, sorry, I was thinking about wormhole. And so the mantra actually became really useful in prog. Like it actually had a meaning. The thoughts per second was a factor in your consistency in the early phases. And if we could clear our minds and focus, it usually kept consistency high. Hmm. Clear your it's mind. State of Zen. Wow. Just yeah, turning your brain completely so off you, and just letting muscle memory so take you, the wheel for a couple of phases. All just ultra instincts. Just just no brain. I think we it's more saying. like I think it's more like one little part of the brain. That's all you're allowed to use. Just that one little bit which gets through right here. Then you can use the rest of it. That's fine. Yeah, I know I know a good mantra for a lot of groups. Not not in like not in terms of ultimate, but in terms of just any general prog is between between certain phases. Okay, deep breaths, deep breaths. Take it in. Get ready. You know. Then don't you guys say that in your world first kill? Somebody go, just deep breaths, deep breaths, yeah. going into yeah. perfect Alexander. <laughs> and we actually did take deep breaths. <laughs> I know. I heard. <laughs> I think everybody did when they said that. It's, it's important. Good. Just mentally reset yourself. It's a it's a really stressful event doing this it's under well probably not thought about enough but it's so mentally taxing uh mm -hmm. and physically as well like when i finished the end of whatever day it was i went and lay down i just realized i was aching everywhere from being so tense and just so in the zone the whole time because it's just it's just right. stressful you're in under stress the whole time right. i know it's been beaten to death uh already but um, we talk about consistency as being important in Prague, and a lot of people, even today, even though it's been beaten to death, still undervalue just how important it is to get to your Prague point as much as humanly possible. That solving what to do with that Prague point is actually less important than hitting it consistently. And on Thursday, our pro I think what I'm most proud of is we had three pulls in a row where we hit perfect Alexander all three pulls on Thursday without any wipes before. And that's just... That's so good for data, for getting everything we needed out of that phase so that we could start making guesses and theories. And we'd go AFK in town for 30 minutes, looking back at footage and, and talking about strategy. Well, uh, you brought you brought us to an important point, because while I was going to go through the fight phase by phase, and we will do that, because I think that uh, answering the whole fight question that Sly proposed at the beginning, it's a, I think it's a little easier to look at all the individual pieces and look at how they compare to the old the old ultimates in their prog. Um, you brought up a good point in that Thursday you were having those discussions and by Friday evening it was beaten. Now, Sphia knows probably you you were aware too, Keo, because we had a bit of a discussion about it on stream last night, that I have been obsessing over the world first time versus what the world second time, which has just happened in the last few hours. Shout out to Moof, who did it live on stream, World Second, just ahead of another JP group that came within minutes later. So we have had our World Second and World Third at this point, both. Uh, that was that was crazy. It was over on Friday. I woke up Saturday morning and I was like, "What? what? Huh?" <laughs> I, 
All right, I'm sure. I guess yeah. it's not as bad as I thought. There'll probably be a second kill, like like twelve hours. <laughs> Day passes. Wow, that's really surprising. I, I you know any minute now. <laughs> the whole weekend just like that. I kept sending Sphia DMs like, yo, do you know it's been like this long? <laughs> <laughs> it was surprising to me to begin with, but then mm-hmm. as time went on, I started to realize sort of what we'd done without trying to sound arrogant about it like just how well we played and how difficult the content was kind of hit me all after prog and watching other people do it and what about you Keo? because for for you guys in particular it must have been hilarious to see that nobody had figured out the heart prior to i believe it was one ace who had was the first ones to publicly stream the 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 heart mechanic we will talk about a bit later so what was going through your mind that whole weekend just like oh i'm waiting on that second kill at first i at first i had the same experiences as v having there was there was the exhaustion right after the clear the disbelief waking up and thinking it must be coming soon and then i started to realize what an amazing experience we were having like each day saturday and sunday our entire group would just get onto the voice comms in the raid channel and we would just watch the prog and granted that's similar we have those kinds of experiences every time we clear the fight we go watch people stream but this was literally a whole group event and it was the first time you know i've, I've progged world prog since gordius every, pretty much every tier and it's the first time that had ever happened where we were just we were united just watching the phenomenon and it was it was really something i feel like we let this special event happen where the world race was still tense for the first time in ages after the first clear and it was great it was just fun to watch the community go wild with the theories, cheer on the streamers without having the secrets revealed. And I'm just glad we did it. it. I had a blast. What I think made it even more cool is that while watching, we knew there was a wall coming up. And we'd already gone over that wall. We, we got past it. So we got to watch people suffer just like we suffered. And it was just so therapeutic. For way longer, though. <laughs> yeah, we... I want to say lucked out a little bit, but also we're very intuitive with how we did things, but it did take people a lot longer than we expected it to, especially given the number of people that were throwing their brains at it. I'd like to make a correction. It was Moof that had first publicly streamed it. I had only seen the one ace clip, so that was my mistake. I just wanted to add that correction there. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, as of the... So the World Second Clear was, what, about 80, 85 hours? I don't know, down to the minute what it was it was friday eleven twenty six. it was like what two two and a half hours ago for the world second so somewhere in the in the grass just short of 85 hours that uh so for some statistics out there that is far longer than ukab which i think we calculated out to be 37 hours 10 minutes Svia, when we had our discussion and that was the longest yep. one uwu was only 11 hours so it almost it more than doubled the time between world first and world second for ukab not only that, the World Second did actually take longer than the Uwu World Second, which was at five days and 23 hours, if I'm not mistaken, whereas this took, what, seven days and, and like, 12 hours or something like that in total for the second one. So quite a few interesting things. I think a lot of people saw the World First clear time being in that first three and a half days or almost four days, and really, the internet gets loud when something's beaten quickly let's let's put it that way as i'm sure you two are very well aware of at this point yeah 
a lot of disbelief yeah. that it was taking so long. Do you really think absolutely nobody else had figured out this heart mechanic until it was publicly streamed? I couldn't it believe was... it. I could. I refused to believe it until <laughs> Moof got World Second. I was like, nobody else? Only them? <laughs> so it was crazy. There was a single tweet that I saw of a JP group. Is this what you're looking for? Buff, yeah. The buff on two people. Is, it, is this what you're looking for? And I'm assuming that they were a group who started behind everyone else and were just going through things and thought, let's mess around and see if we can find this thing that everyone's struggling with. And they found it and they did the best thing. And if this ever reaches them, I want to thank them so much for not making it public at that point in time. Because that made everyone's viewer experience so much better and everyone's prog experience better as well. Getting to actually bash their heads against that wall. All right. Everyone throwing the Twitch chats, just ideas, just rapid fire being thrown, like uh, in the JP Twitch chats and also American Stream Twitch chats. It's like, it must be this. It must be this. Cat this. Heart this, that. Tower baby. Um, debuffs in the burn phase. Just everybody was throwing suggestions. I was surprised that my crackpot theory didn't show up in there anywhere. The the glow. But <laughs> someone talking about that. But um. That's not my theory. I can't take credit for that, but yeah. All right. Well, great. Well, you've had uh, you've now had the opportunity to watch it all unfold after finishing over the course of the last several days. You've been on one podcast, Mog Talk, where you had to keep your mouth shut. Very, very, very difficult thing to do. I'd imagine. But now you get to say everything. Go nuts as we're talking. Go about this. nuts. So. Let's let's kind of get right into it. I know you want to talk phase by phase, Mike, but I want to take it day by day, which will take it phase by okay. phase eventually. All right. So the very first day before servers go live, there had to be meetings going, things like that. Everybody like up early. What went on like right before the patch hit? It's the usual pre-prog stuff, right? You're getting in there, mm -hmm. you're just ultimately making sure everyone's ready to go. Um, mm -hmm. You'd prepped sleep for the few days before that to make sure you're waking up at the right time, which is miserable being a Kiwi, by the way. you got to wake up at like 9 p.m. Uh, and then it's it's pretty much just making sure everyone is there and ready to go. Uh, because as soon as the servers go live, you need to be in there and you need to just not stop. You need to have your whole life sorted for the next indefinite amount of time until you get out. That's that's pretty much what your life is pre-prog. It's making sure that you have to do absolutely nothing outside of necessities until you clear. And in a tier this, the potentially this long, that's even more daunting. You essentially had to collectively decide as a group, how long are we going to go hard for? And, you know, for most groups, including ours, it was about a week. And people were likely to go back to work on Monday or Tuesday. But... Um, yeah, basically preparing that week and making sure that you hit the ground running that day one, fully rested, you know, gotten some food, you gotten, you know, you've cleaned up everything you can do to prepare and psych yourselves up, like rem reminding ourselves what we already knew about the fights, reminding ourselves about mechanics that we'd practice, you know, every little thing we could possibly do to make it so when you go into that fight, you're ready to go. And we knew Living Liquid was first, so, you know, refreshers on it. Right. It could be Feral Fluid, it could be you know, tornadoes, there could be embolus, just be ready, look around the arena, get ready to go. That's great. And I was gonna 
and I was going to ask about that. So when you, when you, you know, servers go live, you get in, living with liquids first. Everybody knows it. Did that kind of change anything, change how you kind of thought anything about living liquid? Or did you have to kind of unlearn things as you went on? Some things, yeah. Uh, it was all familiar, but with a twist. Right, that's kind of what Living Liquid was. Mm. Everything was, you knew what it was, but it behaved a little bit differently, or you had to use it in different ways, or, or things they had an extra effect attached to them. So it was mm. more or less just taking what you already knew and changing it a little bit or expanding on it. Which. Wondering why the, go ahead. Hmm? Wondering why the, oh yeah, <laughs> the damn Protean jets. Why the tank died every pull in the opener. Oh why yeah. Is it dying? Hmm. Yeah, the Protean Jets, but, that one that one confused us for, for a little bit. Oh, it confused us too. Uh, but actually progressing through Living Liquid itself was not so bad. We spent a lot of time preparing in that fight, just the, the regular Savage version, with obscene restrictions on our gear and, and item level and stuff. So we knew how to play the mechanics that came at us. It was just a matter of solving them first and figuring out how the, the new interactions worked. I've got a question, and I don't think this one surprises Keo at all, coming from me. Anything, uh, anything in Gordius that you either missed or expected to see but didn't? And I know one name that's about you to pop up. Stole my question. Too bad, you got to ask the last one. Uh, I'm not sure I understand. Things that what, we were things, expecting Things that you were expecting that pop you... up that didn't. What mechanics that did you expect to see in Living Liquid that did not appear? You mean digititis? I do mean digititis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean to be fair, you could also feral fluids weren't there either. That that surprised yeah, me. Yeah, definitely those two. So digititis and feral fluid were surprised, especially feral fluid. Digititis is sort of a little esoteric. I'm not surprised that one didn't show up really, but feral fluid was a big shock because that's sort of iconic to that fight. So was surprised. Also, like, why are these dolls here? This is an A4. Hello. <laughs> but I'm I glad we practiced that as well so i actually thought a lot about digititis and how it would fit into this fight and i kind of realized that all of the mechanics in this fight are very positioning and movement based already so all that digititis would be doing is just adding more of the same right and it wouldn't really feel like it's being constructive to the encounter as a whole because it's already got all of the stuff that digititis tests especially in the next phase yeah that was that was my reasoning probably. When I got to the second phase, I was like, this might be why Digititis isn't here. It's a pretty good reason. Yeah, even Wash Away. I was <laughs> I was half expecting Wash Away even to appear because uh, Wash Away Digititis was a monster, even as such an mm -hmm. early mechanic back in uh, back in Gordius. And the dolls, yeah, those dolls are run killers. Those guys are those little guys are bastards. I just. I hear that from every group except my own, so I don't know what people are going through. I'm not sure what sort of nasty ass like people we got trying to pad on seven dolls at the same time. I don't know, man. But... <laughs> you know, I don't know. So you want a great example of of something? So our summoner, he sometimes he can't get his carbuncle to properly switch target, so it takes longer. Sometimes he direct crits everything, and it dies way faster, and then it's still, it's still has dots on it. And sometimes a samurai just madares it from 80% to zero in one hit. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> we ran into some... Uh, I, see, I play dancer, so I'm like, 
I can press every button, any button I want, as long as it's not standard step. And this, this isn't a problem. Every other job is like, don't full thrust. Don't. That's... <laughs> Maybe I'm a little privileged in that I play literally a base crit black mage. I have not a single extra point in crit from gear. Uh, so that kind of helped in terms of keeping mine consistent, but my whole team was really consistent with it. So it's maybe people issue. just need to yeah, learn to start pushing their buttons at very specific times. I remember just seeing Gwen being like, I hate these things. Just on Twitter. Every time someone talked about the fight, it's like, I hate these dolls. I hate them. No, I think controlled DPS is a, a very important player skill to have. And... Mm -hmm. A8S, preparing through that, prepared us really, really well for that. So dolls were just, they were never really an issue. I think we had a couple of wipes because I personally direct crit them three times in a row, but I've got 5% crit. So that was, I think, twice ever. Yeah, it was uncommon. So with Living Liquid, how long do would you say it took you to get through? The first time, not consistently. No, we weren't doing great. Like, um, I was going to talk about we had our ninth band was watching streams while we were playing and uh as far as our living liquid clear time i don't think we were significantly ahead or behind the streams i think we were if anything a little bit behind uh but we didn't actually start to take a lead until later phases where we started to get ahead of the pack okay so, um i don't remember exactly when we cleared it if you do see i don't remember where we cleared living liquid yeah mm-hmm I couldn't tell you exactly. I know more or less the milestones we were day to day, but that's that's about it. Now it's gonna Living Liquid, you. I think, took us longer than it should have. Uh, we weren't ahead. We weren't, I don't think, significantly behind. But our ninth man was saying, you know, this is coming next, which means obviously other people are there that are streaming. So yeah, cool. the J kick. We actually didn't know about the J kick until. Um... It was Cleese said, oh, there's a J-Kick coming. I saw it on the stream. Yeah, because we hadn't hit it yet after the limit cuts. Mm. Which is, by the way, an enormous vibe check. You get through <laughs> limit cut, and you're like, finally, we did limit cut right, and then boom, <laughs> everyone's dead. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. So I got anything else for this part? What do you got? Oh, no, I was about to ask you. What was your... Um... I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to move on to limit cut, man. Oh, in my experience with living liquid, yeah. This is I mean this isn't about me. This is about them. But I, dude, I'm I play a ranged physical DPS that has no dots. You understand how bored I am in most of these phases. Just like please don't want let everything burn around me. I'm 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 Omega lol, Pepe, good job. Nothing concerns me. Just please, I don't please don't die. Don't. <laughs> Dancer's really fucking easy in that fight, man. <laughs> it's really <laughs> fucking easy. Its optimization is effectively exactly the same as any other single target fight, right? Outside well, actually, the fact that it's... where you just want to pull cleave for certain situations. Yeah, uh, it's actually really nice because Dancer essentially has a single target one two and an AOE one two, and they are interchangeable, and they both interact with the job gauge in exactly the same way. So I essentially just never stop hitting my two part combo unless I'm on the doll. Or there's like a massive differential. I have two AOE OGCDs. All my dances are AOE. So I just cleave. Every every phase that there's cleaving, I'm just cleaving everything. Yeah, this the, fir the first half of this fight, well, the first two phases at least, are 
incredibly multi-dot friendly. So I think that groups that ran like we did, where we had a black mage, a summoner, and a bard, like just smoked those damage checks, even with like large amounts of discomfort because it was so early. Um, but if you ran things like a dancer and a ninja, which can't double dot anymore because of that fancy shadow fang button they've got, uh, it just it slowed things down a little bit for them. Their damage wasn't as good. Although ninja's cleave is actually really crazy good with the way new ninjutsu. But in the first half of the fight, uh, your job selection could make a really big difference in terms of how quickly you could meet those checks while still being uncomfortable with the phase. That's why I gave my dance partner to the summoner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, you are the other half of my DPS, okay? You're my 5%. Thank you very much. <laughs> then we get into the transition, which is it's weird because I look back at all of the ultimates and the only other transition I've really figured is worth talking about is grand octet which for all intents and purposes is the transition into the ad phase from bahamut all the rest are like you know heaven's fall hits and then there's some aoe splashes and a tank buster comes down you know a little more involved than most bahamut has the tank lb3 or lb2 with the fireball and the pulsing damage but then you get ooh, where it's like yeah titan hit the ground be far away and if it's like there's one safe spot i'm done and that's it. That's the whole transition. Then we have limit cut pop up here, and everyone's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I can hear Arthur screaming." <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Uh, Arthur's gave me a new favorite Arthur's quote when he asked if you can't. I was something like, "If you can't see the number over your head." How are you going to find a woman's G-spot? It was something along those lines <laughs> that he yelled at his group. Something along... Somebody can get me the exact quote, but that was... Yeah, something along those please, lines for Arthur's, yeah. Please tell me someone clipped this. Oh, it's 100% please. clipped. And if there's someone in the Twitch chat please. who is a sub who has it, if you're not a sub, ask for permission. But yeah, it, that's... Arthur's is a goldmine of quotes from, from Prague every time. Wonderful, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So talk. Talk. Okay. So so talk me through. Okay. Talk me through the transition, please. Limit cut. We're on yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yes. It took about three pulls getting there for someone to say, "Gee, I wish this was effort." Uh, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> we tried a couple of things, and then we did try, and then we tried to be North America. So what did we do? We ran in a circle around the edge of the room. Just brute force mechanics. Yeah. That's the North American strat. It's yes. just running in a circle. Brain off. Just auto run. Let's go. Let's see what happens if we do this. And then just make it work. And it did. Uh, we found a strat, which actually was very nuanced for being a, a Mario Kart. And it worked really well. I think that's the first step to high consistency in the fight is getting through limit cut. Every time. Every time. You don't want a difficult strat that sends you... Because I saw... man. I saw some gifts when I woke up on day two on Twitter that had people like crisscrossing across the room and like, this person goes out now and then they run to the other side of the... It's just an absolute mess. Uh, Just go to the sides and just run in a circle. That statement hit home with me because what you're referring to is 1-2 north, everyone else south, 5-6 cross, then 7-8 back south again. 
Which is what it's, I've which is what I've been doing, and not what I opted into, but what was decided on. I th- I think that the, once you've done it, they're both pretty clean, but one of them looks way better no matter what. And that's the, yes. I'm we assuming you're referring to the four on four, the four and four groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We estimated yeah. about 450 pulls, uh, and so you know maybe 30, 20 of those were living liquid only. So that means every time after that, uh, Porn and Jishin Daniko Hansha was saying one two five six north. Yes, and I, was say I swear he would be dreaming that now. Nah, just one two five six north, one two five six north. Every pull. That was the Until one the thing that we. That was the one problem with the strat is people would forget which numbers go north because it's not in an order, right? You had to skip over three and four, and so people would be like, they get like six, and they'd be like, wait, I go south. Wait, no, that's north. So Shin just started. That was his mantra every time we got there: one, two, five, six, north, and it became consistent every time. It was great. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a big wall for some people still. It's weird. It feels like Living Liquid could still destroy a few a few groups just from frustration of being just wiping there randomly and then getting the transition wiping there randomly because uh, somebody wants to play Legacy and turn around at some point. <laughs> 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 any, any any issues with, with, with Legacy camera users finding chance? Uh, a little I don't bit. think so. Maybe... I remember one time I taunted them saying standard is best during our limit cuts because somebody did that. But it was like ever. Okay. So just like so maybe once or twice, but it wasn't like a a recurring issue. I guess it couldn't be, otherwise no. how would you prog that quick? Yeah, no, it wasn't. I think it happened once that somebody turned around due to legacy. Most, uh, almost our entire group is using legacy. I think it's like two of us using standard. Myself included scary for me i'm a right click strafer i'm a qwes player i don't know how to live any other life seems alien to me played a lot of wow so for me it was it was pretty normal and any any other like tab target that was just my go-to even stuff like like blade and soul the same thing i don't know why just couldn't stop myself then we get to phase two and uh all everyone's Mm -hmm. nightmares came true all at once, I feel, when it came to this phase. We did not expect that. <laughs> Straight out the bat. Wait, you, get, you didn't expect that at all or so soon? No, we didn't expect right then and that way that. So we, we knew J-Kick was coming. Like, okay, it's Brute Justice phase. Mm. It wasn't just Brute Justice phase. It was Brute Justice and his friend Cruise Chaser. That phase was a mess. Mm. <laughs> There was, there was like progging that and not knowing anything about it. It was just a mess. Like, what do we do with these Nissies? Just let them fall off. We don't know what they're for. You know, and just like when we finally had to keep them, the traffic issues, people were accidentally passing, like it was a struggle. And then like the enumerations, solving that. We initially had like different groups before we settled on a strat. There was, it was a mess in the beginning. It was a mess for a while, but it's a, it's an amazing, it's a great phase for like planning and strategizing and teamwork probably more than any other phase because you really have to interact with the people around you constantly yeah i call it a la rush hour that phase because that is what it is it's just it's just accidental car crashes all over the place resulting in two swords quickly and swiftly removing you from existence (laughs) and Um, it happened a lot 
even for us, like we were playing not as good as we did the rest of Prague on day one, but we were still playing pretty clean and tight. But it was just it's such a hectic phase that you can only really learn by getting in there and running with the same group of eight lots and lots of times to learn exactly where everyone's going to go at exactly what time and exactly where people are going to pass specifically. Uh, and if you have to pass to this tank, people are going to go this way to it. And there are so many nuances to that phase, and especially in terms of space management and movement, that it, it's it's just a matter of time being put into it. Before we had a locked-in pass timings, too, we had people passing at just sort of pseudo-random times. And it wasn't until we started to have... We, we isolated exactly where we wanted to do the Nissi passes, and then people would not move around until those moments and that's when okay now the traffic is more manageable but before that it was just a mess one big thing that we uh i kind of skipped over with living liquid and limit cut is uh, at this point in the fight it's, at times deaths are effectively completely unrecoverable in this fight for the very for the first six or seven minutes if any one person is missing from a triple protean if any one person dies before their marker goes off during limit cut and literally, if anyone dies at all during Gavel, it's it. So I never tested this, but I always wanted to. If you die, so say you drop a Nissi, right? Mm -hmm. And two people can't get their Nissi's like, conditions met for Gavel anymore. If they wall it, they lose those buffs. But when they're raised, they get the buffs back. Do you succeed or fail Gavel? I believe we tested that and failed it. So you do need eight alive, because the dead people don't have the bar. Okay, all right. Basically, it sees that the, that it's missing, and determines that you are not you you have failed. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, we never tried that. I mean, there was a couple of times we could have, but we just walled it anyway. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I believe the term I saw used most most commonly was exacting, the first. I'll say five, because the last minute of Brute Cruise is kind of like a victory lap DPS check kind of kind of thing going on yeah. there. But uh, I can only imagine that there's some frustrations when you see one person die and you know, that's it. It's over. It's also yeah, very... I mean, if someone's carrying this here at that point in time, that's it. Uh, if someone's carrying the thunder, the water, it's punishing. And I think that's good. And I was going to bring that up. Still... We could still have deaths, though. We could have deaths. Like, if, if one or two people died during Limit Cut, that's recoverable. And if somebody died during Living Liquid, but they had already taken a Protean, or it was otherwise outside of a Protean section where we could instantly raise them, we had plenty of pulls where we recovered deaths in the first six minutes. It just had to be... It was, like, high chance it was a wipe, but not 100%. We, we recovered a lot of pulls that would have been lost. Yeah, it was windows. It was windows of of safe to die, and a little bit of luck. Like with the limit cuts, if if like let's say seven dies before seven's turn, whoever the person who gets it, your your fingers crossed that it doesn't lead to everything falling apart. But you're pretty much saying at that point, all right, just look at a wall, everyone. Eight, look at everyone else, figure it out. I don't know. What else? And I was gonna bring it up er oh, later. I was gonna bring it up later, but um. In your video, I remembered that there was in your clear video. I remembered that there was a death pretty late in perfect, I think. And I was gonna say, um, I'm not happy about that. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and overall, 
like in terms of just you know Prague and time invested in Poles, would you say it's pretty it's pretty punishing? Like just go ahead and reset at a later phase if you die if you send all like you obviously kept it going with send off dead. But. So it, it depends on what you're going for, like you're aiming to achieve in that pull. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're progressing and you're trying to familiarize yourself with a phase and someone dies, mm -hmm. you can still get experience in that phase for the other seven people or you get that eighth person back up and you still run through the phase, even if you'll fail it at the end. Because for things like Wormhole, even if you're going in with three weaknesses, it doesn't matter. You can practice, right? You're not, you know, mm -hmm. if you're trying to always push uh, into perfect Alexander and you're having deaths in Wormhole, you may as well just wall it straight away. Uh, but there are times when, yes, absolutely, you wall it. Like if we're on an enrage and we see three DPS die at the start, you just wall it then and there. Save yourself five minutes and pull again. Um, but, there, you know, the, the call to wallet is more or less, can I achieve what I'm setting to get out of this pull? Hmm. Even, in the last even in the last phase, Prague, I would say, even if you're on Enrage pull, there was so much comfort to be gained every single pull with, you know, things like Almighty Justice and uh, Calibration Beta. So I would I would say just just keep going, just keep going. We could use the practice rather than spending time wiping in the earlier phases. Let's just do a little bit more, and even if we're on enrage, but I don't think that ever happened. I'm pretty sure that we didn't have to make that call this time, but other groups if they did. It just depends. If you don't have comfort, keep going. If you do, might as well wallet. Okay. Well, going back to the second phase where we left off, um, this this is. As we mentioned earlier, a hyper-punishing phase is very similar to the original A8 Savage in that, you know, if you died during Gavel there, it was also just over. It didn't matter. So, I'd imagine with this, the com I guess I don't really know how I want to word it. In finding the comfort level with the person that you're, the people you're most likely to interact with, was there, outside of just getting used to people's movements... Is there any way you would describe going about those movements in the first place? Like, there's still clearly a plan of people moving from this location to this location to this location without crossing paths unnecessarily. Um, was Is there any sort of advice you'd give a group looking to nail down a, okay, we can move safely and we can do this kind of movement every time kind of mentality? Yeah. My biggest piece of advice I can give with that is slow down. Don't immediately run. Think about where you're going. Think about it again. It's like literally looking both ways before you cross the street. Because if you don't, you're going to hit people and you're going to die. Telegraph Stop. your movement. The person crossing yeah. the street, by the way, isn't the person who's going to kill people, just to be clear. For the oh, amount. everyone dies. It's fine. <laughs> you're there. Everyone's gone. It's like Final Destination it's... 3, the highway yeah. scene. Exactly. So... Yeah, like Keo said as well, telegraph your movement so you can start hesitating towards that direction if you have a lot of space and you can say, I'm going this way. Can someone move around? Or just make sure no one walks through here, obviously. But be very slow and decisive with your movements. Uh, seeing people jitter around and, and just make little movements hastily and, and quickly is just spelling disaster. I think the most challenging aspect of that was actually the pass to our 
mine taking tank. So Brian specifically was handling mines every pull. That's regardless of if he got the ice. So if he got the ice, it was hectic because he'd have to go drop the ice and then sprint over and take the mines. And then there was a Nissi pass right after he took the first mine. And it was like, uh oh, uh, how do we do this? So I think they got very good at practicing that specific movement. So we knew where Phantom would walk over to take the to pass the Nissi. And they had a specific lane they traveled in. We knew it was going to happen every pull, that same movement. And it just made it so there was no variance. He never went in between me and uh, and the wall, or and Brian. It was always he would go around. You know, we, we did the same exact iterations with each other while we were doing it, every pull. So keeping that consistent made it. Keeping, um, like, I would wait. So one of the things, like, Raimi would get to the wall to bait the uh, AoEs. I would never go around the outside of him, ever. If he was late getting there, I would just wait. I would sit there and I would wait for him to pass every time before I'd go to the wall, even if neither of us had Nissi, just so that was always consistent. And um, so your movements were related to other people. And once we got that down, I think it really helped a lot. And if you don't say anything, don't change anything that you're doing. Communicate any, especially movement changes and positioning changes. But if you're not actively changing anything, do exactly the same thing you just did. Now, I yeah. think that... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 you. Oh, we also just agreed early on that DPS would move by default. It's like, tanks and healers, don't move. DPS will come to you. And that helped a lot, too, obviously. You don't have people trying to run through each other trying to pass. Unless if we made an exception, if I said, oh, wait, I'm going to come to you this time because it's better based on the traffic. That's usually like if a DPS has the Nisi instead, so the reducing the Nisi moving traffic. Yeah. That's when or, I ran into that a lot. Or to run to Svi because he's chain casting and, you know, it's an easier movement for me. So I would just say, oh, I'll come to kind of thing. One thing that, uh, that Svi, I believe, touched upon is um, getting used to, I guess you both touched upon it, the, the need to understand everyone's movement. Now, that's not an entirely foreign thing in terms of ultimate and more recent Savage content, but it's, it, it's a lot more punishing this time around. Do you foresee that this being a problem if anyone ever needs to, like, say somebody can't make it that night and you need to fill in an eighth person, does... Does that suddenly just destroy that? It just might as well just accept that the first hour or first hour and a half of that night is probably gone to fixing gavel with the new person. Pugging this fight is going to be an absolute nightmare for that exact reason. If you're yeah, going into PF, face. if you're going into PF with eight different people, every time you want to try this, it's just going to be unbelievably difficult unless you can get familiar people or and this is a really important one or unless the strat is devised which has very set movements for every single person in every iteration nobody's done that yet and it'll probably take some time for that to come out but it could be a thing that happens where you have very very set and routine movements and then it's not a problem anymore we talked about doing like walking along the ring on the outside like having lanes basically where people would travel at certain some point phantom decided that the outside ring was his lane he'd just run around the outside and we could set that for every group member but we never did it we just yeah. learned each other's movements so maybe a pug friendly strat would be to utilize the lanes i think the pug friendly strat is only bring one melee as well <laughs> and i was gonna get to that i was gonna get to that, was was gonna gonna get to that, that. too yeah. yeah 
Same, same. Let, let's go ahead and knock that out. So you don't really have a conventional like group. I You're disagree. Running... I yeah, I was gonna say I think convention I think I think the way people view convention nowadays is kind of because you only need one of every type of DPS and need is a strong word. You just if you want the full bonus, you need three unique <laughs> roles. That fourth role's just whatever you want. It doesn't need to be a second melee. It's been that way since they changed it. Something that a lot of people don't do is every expansion, you throw everything you knew away and you reset and you reevaluate what the meta is, right? And you have to just completely, you have to completely sort of uh, just disregard what you think and things that you may have thought before and how it applies to now, because it doesn't. You just reset and then you take all the new knowledge you have and then you make opinions. Uh, and and okay make choices based on those so what we learn from this expansion is that one of each is pretty much a necessity right in prog you want one of each so that's mm -hmm. a melee a physical ranged and a caster and then the fourth one is the whatever right it's the whatever else you want to bring which is the best for your comp or the best for your team uh and then you go with that so i think by Shadowbringer's definition it's conventional it's just not conventional by the like definition of people who haven't really put that term into this expansion. Mm. Anything, Kia? No, not much. You're just like I'm um, a healer. I don't have to worry about all that. I just just it was fighting. convenient. <laughs> well, so we we had the struggle of who's going to play physical ranged for a while, but when Phantom settled on it, it was just convenient that the people's most comfortable jobs fit into a, a nice composition of you know one melee one physical one caster and uh we had already been convinced pre-prog of the strength of summoner black mage combo so we were happy we didn't feel the need to take people off their comfort roles to make some kind of pseudo optimal comp and it turned out we didn't know ahead of time but this the especially the nissi phase really favored having only one melee in terms of consistency so bonus big bonus there's a lot of things other than just space on the floor that that favors three ranged as well it, there's things like boss positioning you don't have to worry so much about positionals uh and uptime because ninja is pseudo ranged when it wants to be now with gcd based mudras and the other three dps aren't having to worry about going up there and hitting the boss physically you can get yourself a lot more uptime and create strats that may not be as efficient but you can still get very high damage through them so it meant that when we had well, when it came down to actually beating in rages, we didn't have to change anything because just the comp that we brought did that by itself. Yeah. I do also want to say that uh, some of the old arguments from previous metas for double melee actually had a lot more to do with the strength bonus that used to exist. So tanks would actually lose a substantial amount of damage if you didn't take a, uh, a monk, a samurai, or, yeah, or a dragoon because you would lose the strength. The ninja didn't provide it, the strength buff. So for a while there, ninja was overpowered. Um, everybody wanted one. It had this guaranteed raid spot, but you couldn't run three melee plus ninja because your tanks would suffer. So you sort of were shoehorned into this double melee comp for the sake of damage. And when the when the roles were switched such that the ninja does now provide the raid buff that you would need from a melee slot, it actually opened up more possibilities for triple ranged without the drawbacks. People also bring up that Dragoon uh, giving physical range the buff for all those years also kind of fit in 
You kind of wanted Dragoon for strength and that, and then you wanted a ninja for trick attack and everything there else was it did. One other thing as well that I think made our comp really good, outside of the obvious double addle just being better than faint, um, is three of our DPS have personal on-demand shields. Ninja has Shade Shift, Black Mage has Mana Ward, and Summoner has Titan Eggy Shield. Chat was asking, why is there a chicken nugget out in some of those pictures? Yep. I, I, I remember seeing it in the Limit Cut transition, which makes sense for the J-Kick. And it'll, I mean, I guess it makes sense in a lot of cases. Yeah. There's a lot of times where there's no reason to have an Ifrit or Garud out, I suppose. And then you have Dark Knight that can TB in the Bard. So it meant that while your healers got comfortable with things like phase transitions or high amounts of damage in situations you weren't comfortable with yet, you had that extra safety net on everyone. Like, we had a scripted Mana Ward and, and Titan Eggy Shield and Shade Shift in several points throughout progression that could be then taken away, obviously, as, as the healers got more comfortable and learned their timings. But it just made those the transition into a new phase just so much smoother and, and really evened out the le uh, learning process. Yeah, unsung hero are the, the shields, and especially Sendoff's usage of TBN uh, as a raid utility was fantastic. It's one of the things I used to criticize Dark Knights for in previous tiers, was whether you could clutch TBN someone during a mechanic, and Sendoff is amazing at it. He's very, very good at TBNing when it's needed. Well, you know, I may not have a shield on Dancer, but at least I bring a free Dom once a minute. Okay. <laughs> True. Curing Waltz is very strong. Yeah, I think I've healed like 23, 24,000 with it occasionally. We actually went in blind with an, uh, with a dancer instead of a bard, and then we saw the fight and we thought, nope, it was about 30 minutes and we rezoned, took in the bard, and we just never changed it back. Just because the fight, uh, especially the first half, is so bard favored that we didn't want to mess with the consistency after that point, so we just thought, run with it. Double dot padding, wanders, pain, I'd imagine, was a big helping point with living liquid it helps a bit yeah i mean it took it took one extra asuna away which was all right but it mostly um we actually had the conversation at one point later on after we had living liquid and uh Bruce chaser brood on farm and we were mostly progressing through prime we had the conversation with phantom briefly about should we switch back to dancer because the damage the damage that matters now is the damage on prime and later and that's all single target but we decided, no, let's not mess with it. I mean, it was that was a we could have changed it, and I think it would have helped. But it was one person relearning the fight on a different job. What you know, and we might weaken our earlier phases, which we wanted to be consistent, so we just left it. Makes sense. I was gonna go Bart this tier, but I, Dancer looked fine on FF Vlog, so I was like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I was it's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you respect Curing Waltz. I will make you respect it, and I still will. I'm working on it more and more every poll. Uh, okay, so we've gotten through discussing a bit of phase two. We've gotten into uh, some of the later aspects, but I guess we might as well go into Alex Prime at this point because I don't think there's much more we can say about yeah. Gavel and li like the lineup, I suppose, and the super jump. There's not really, really a whole lot to, I guess, say about that. Other than, were there any things that weren't from Bruton Cruise? That were that weren't there that you were surprised. Same question as Living Liquid. I can think of one for me, but I'm curious if you if you expected to see anything during Brute Cruise that you didn't. Laser swords, left and right. Oh yeah, definitely. We were we were like, please watch for laser swords. Focus target cruise chaser during that phase. It never happened. Just one spin crusher. Uh, 
something was different, actually. And you, we didn't actually learn this till later on. After we'd already cleared the fight, or after we'd already cleared the phase, sorry. But even in that phase, with Brute and Cruz, Brute Justice's flamethrower, or his flamethrower it's called, targets the closest player. So we had a couple of wipes where we had no idea what was going on, but it was because Shin moved a little too close to the boss, and it turned around and just killed everyone. Yep. I remember Should've that. Should have picked up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those mechanics that's trying to teach you something for later, but you don't really pick up on it right away. Yeah, it was it was snuck in there, and it didn't feel like it didn't make sense when it happened. Like, it should have always been on the tank, but when it wasn't, you just figured, oh, someone messed up. But nope. It was a thing. It was certainly a thing. Um, height. Height error. Probably my biggest surprise to not see that in there. I don't know. I don't really think height error would have added too much outside of... It would have to be scripted in the way that every mechanic in that fight plays out. You'd have to have a certain height paired with a certain Nissi at a certain time because with numbers well no it's it's more like that fight already plays out in a very specific way right so all that adding height to it would do is move where you did that specific movement at and it would be centered around the height so it wouldn't really change that much it would be kind of arbitrary in the way that it would function or they'd have to rewrite the whole phase itself to to suit height rather than everything else that was going on yeah, I just always think of height as the like, it's like a it's like a, a mechanic that requires so little brain energy, but expends a lot because the whole time that you're waiting for it to resolve, you're like, okay, all right, all right, yeah. I think all we right. were we were a little surprised. Super jump operated the way it did too. The the brute didn't turn around and face me. I was the brute. I was the brute jump. Or I was the super jump baiter. And at one time I spooked Sphia with it. And he was like, it's not baited. Because he just hunched over and faced the party. But And he just turned it around and jumped away. So. I thought the same thing, actually. I was like, uh-oh. Because I, was, I, I ran out as soon as I saw it. And I'm like, okay. All right. okay. I was amazed. On all the pulls we did, I never once killed the party with that. But I, I thought it was going to happen. At some, I started getting so greedy. With, I would stay there doing my Art of Wars on both targets. I waited until the, the cast bar was like a quarter of the way done. And then I would sprint away to the other side of the arena. Like this isn't gonna jump far enough. He's pretty. He's pretty reliable at getting all the way to where you want him to be. He's very, he's yeah. very reactive. He waddles back across the room with his stumpy little legs. <laughs> yeah, I love that every single time. I just watch him walk like he's shit himself. It's great. <laughs> the goblins inside all shit themselves. We'll do that. Yes. There you go. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised by this point that, um, you know, they said they used their own words. They used everything. And we did, there's a lot of things that weren't in here by the time we get through the second phase. I was really disappointed to not see any all thoughts. I, of course, love my boy Twinkle Dink and Lame Bricks. I like those two. I want those three to come back at some point. I miss those three. Well, Lame Bricks is still in PvP, but no one cares. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Lame Bricks. No one cares. Uh... But then we, uh, you get through that, you go through the DPS check, and you come to Alexander Prime. And this phase is yep. kind of divisive, because in some ways it's, like, a really easy phase, and then when, but when it kicks up, it's also, like, the most brutal shit that will wall people longer than almost anything else has now been made apparent to me. 
first transition comes out. How important was getting that first transition down and identifying things for the rest of the fight? Because it teaches you a lot very quickly about everything you'll need to know for the rest of the the rest of the intermissions, I suppose. Keo take this one away because he came up with a beautiful strat for it. Sure. Um, so I, I will start off by saying I think in hindsight, we thought this was probably one of the most disappointing phases in terms of they could have done so much with stasis and ultimately this just ended up being an intro, which isn't a bad thing. I like intros. But uh, yeah, it was one of those things where our first pull to it was just shocking, you know, like, what is going on? What? Why are these debuffs? And then we just all die. And it was... Oh, no. Actually, correct you there. We don't all die. We live. We necro through to Inception formation, and then Keo accidentally runs into the wall. And we Yes, won. that's true. I didn't know that yeah. was the first... We uh, just throw him under the bus, man. <laughs> oh, God, I walled it. Yeah, um... it's, a, it's a great club. <laughs> Provided to right. anyone who wants to see it. Embarrassing as fuck. Um... But yeah, it was it was pretty quick that we you know we sorted out the proximity causing like causing the different directions uh, turning of the bosses and I don't know we ironed out that I ironed out that I guess it was me I ironed out that strat pretty quickly yeah. just like oh there's two mm -hmm. cleaves here there's you know three cleaves here it's all proximity we can just spread the long tether this way I don't know we 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 sorted out a very clean looking strat I don't. The ones I saw on streams, I didn't see anyone doing our strat. No, but definitely uh, not. But it, it's, Your, it's yours is the one where the near tether goes through both sides of Cruise Chaser, right? So the yeah. unmarked the unmarked people, it's always a DPS and a healer, if I remember right. Um, the unmarked people are north and south of Cruise. The um, two people with the close tether oh, yeah. are north and south of Brute Justice. Right, flamethrower. And uh, the person with the long tether that's not a DPS goes to the uh, base of the third cruise uh, cleave on either whatever the east or west side, I don't remember. The same side the cruise is on. And then everybody else goes through the opposite side the cruise is on, through the Brute Justice and sits at the corner. That's all the aggravated assaults and the long tether. That's a DPS. Yeah, versus so. the stream strat, which is to like stick the two, the two get the fuck away from everything, it's like north of Brute and just to make sure nothing ever aims their way. Yeah, we saw some streams and there were people like on the walls, there were people at very specific spots just a little bit away from things, but not too far away, and it just it seemed so precise. Keo's strat is very elegant and simple, so if anyone ever wants to prog that fight, use it. It's, it's great. Yeah, all our other strats are shit. Use that one. Big fan of strats that don't involve you having to get across the room in a small amount of time. So anything that's close to the bosses is nice. Or you can have a centralized location and get there quickly. Trust me, I'll have words about that. Positive ones when we get to Wormhole. Because <laughs> uh, I'm very familiar with the way you guys do Wormhole. <laughs> very, very familiar with it at this point. Um, so yeah, you get through that transition. Now, I, I want to say, were you... Was was it was it surprising to see that it was almost like just Bahamut with the with three trios instead of instead of like any more than that kind of with the Alexander phase because it's basically I'm here I'm gonna do two tank busters leave two tank busters leave and then do a trio pretty much when you see that you have to assume that it means there's more later right because right. they're they're always gonna add at least like the expected of what's in an ultimate. You know, they can't leave it so empty that 
the end of the fight is literally two trios and then you burn them down and that's it. It just means that they put more sort of mechanic budget at the end of the fight, not in the middle. And that's when, fine. When we were doing easy mode Inception, I just thought it was like a big break time. You know, basically as soon as you clear Cruz uh, and the Brute, you're just chilling. Stasis was easy. And then Inception hits and it's easy. You're just kind of sitting there in your spot. Just kind of chill. And that was it. I was like, man, we can just take a break here. And uh, yeah, that, you know, that changed later. A little bit. But, but it, bit. Was, it, was a little, it was a little weird. It did feel like it was a little too simple. And I guess it was. But that didn't really help anyway. It's just an observation in hindsight. Well, you've brought us to probably the most, uh, I will say the most anticipated part of the discussion. In that of Inception Formation. Now, uh, aptly named in more than one way, I suppose, because a total mindfuck, which is, sh you know, you'd think after Uwu would not happen, but did. Everyone's progging that phase, they're killing the heart, making sure it doesn't reach Alexander because he's gonna one shot people. I'll just drop the Inception crystals along the outside, they'll tell us where Alex. Like, it's perfectly designed to be done in this way. Every element of it makes perfect sense. And it's it, wrong. <laughs> yes. It baits you into thinking that you know too much. That, oh, I did all this prep. I know how A12 works. I know how A11 works. This heart, I know how that works too. But not for now. You knew it before, but not now. So and this is where you had to unlearn stuff, pretty much. Yes. Yes, you had to do yeah. things unintuitively to what you'd known for like three years now. Mm. Nobody figured, like, we didn't figure that out until we had a reason to go back and re-examine. Like, we were the same as everybody else. We put the towers at the corners, we lined up three orbs in the middle, um, four actually, and then we would DPS down the heart and go on about the rest of the fight, yeah. just like everybody else, and it was... And you'd think smugly to yourself, oh, we're so good, look how quickly we solved this mechanic, it's so easy, what a strat, we're great. <laughs> now, be before we, we move on to, to the next formation, you know, I don't want to treat this like Prague and just be like, alright, we're done, let's go to talk about Wormhole. Um, there was a, there was a deep-seated secret tucked away here. Um, I believe Final Fantasy XIV's own tweets as the, uh, the mystery of the true heart. In that, uh, this was a Woken mechanic that, uh, slipped by a lot of people's attention for five days, apparently, before Moof publicly streamed it for the first time. How, what was the process of elimination for getting to... This, 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 for you to go, we need to figure out that thing is, we think it's that thing. Right. Because you guys have mentioned have... getting lucky in figuring this one out a few times. So we have, well, Sindelf has written up what is called the Enigma Codex.txt. <laughs> it's literally a text file which tells our thought process on how we got the Enigma Codex buff during Prague. And it's a wacky ride, but you kind of want to tell it when we get to Perfect Alexander. I think, because that'll give some context as to what we were doing and why we were doing it. Okay, so you want to wait to talk about this until we, we've gotten to yeah. fake calibration, essentially. Yeah. Let's, okay. let's find the rope to get over the wall when we get to the wall. Okay, yeah, because I've got some things to say about this. I know I know Keo liked my tweet about about Inception Formation, so 
I, uh, <laughs> I can't wait to come back for that. Uh, you, so you get through Inception, you kill the heart. Um, you do have to do what is a very traditional A12 means of doing Inception. He picks a crystal location. You drop them at like locations that will reveal him. Shoots a sacrament through. There's a shared sentence, separation tethers, two fuck-off tethers. And then Cruise Chaser comes back, does some limit cuts while Brute Justice does a super jump. All stuff at this point that's been defined and you've seen if you've done A12, it's quick to go. All right, I know exactly how this works. So do we, do we no. need to discuss, was there any mystery there when you got to it? Only thing to discuss is that we did it differently than literally everybody else. That's probably the one thing that's the most stark for me is um, how differently we, we handle those tethers than other people. Because we wanted to minimize the amount of people hit by a shared sentence. And we noticed very quickly, quickly that you could two-stack it with a D, with the DPS that got it, this DPS and a tank, if you put a lot of shields on him. So that's what we did. We did DPS with shared and tank with far tether on one side, everybody else on the other. And surprisingly very easy to, like nobody mistaked which direction they had to go early on once we settled on that. And then that created this situation where the same person, which was, ended up being me, because the healers never got marked, bait the super jump every time. Whereas every other group has like the tank taking the super jump with with cooldowns, or a, a randomly associated or randomly assigned person take the super jump based on debuffs. So it was different every time. So it's simple enough, but it was one of those things where we had a slightly different strat that kind of surprised us. Nobody else was doing that. Mm, it was, I think, the safest and the most consistent at the same time. It, I think it's just another one of those. Was it, was it you? I think it was you, wasn't it, Kyo, who made this? The yes. call to just through stack it. Yeah, it's just another Kyo, very pug friendly strat. I approve. Yeah, take <laughs> that one off. All right, so you heard it here. Again, ignore what everyone else is doing, just mitigate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even require that much. I think it's like raw. With two stack, it's raw, like something like 100,000 damage, and DPS have 90,000 HP. So you don't need that much shielding. Yeah, I'm um, just through like a TBS. It's 120. 120. Yeah, because when I eat it with a three stack with just like a, a non crit sucker, I usually fall down to like 30, 40,000. Yeah, yeah, about 80k from that. So yeah. initially, so it's about we were, a 40k stack. Initially, we were hyper over mitigating it. We'd give them more than their HP bar worth of shields. I'd force the crit low. I want to see a screenshot TBN, of that. The Benison. <laughs> we definitely well, have the screenshots. And then we had three DPS with personal shields as well. So it was just, you became a fortress for a little bit and you felt invincible. But you couldn't get touched by anything because you had a bomb. But you felt invincible. Yeah. You were you were like Boris invincible where you say it, but like seconds later, it's not true. But I just kept doing that anyway until we had to change Inception, and then I started crit deploying the Inception for the damage. And then we had a smaller shield on the DPS, but it didn't matter. You know, they, we'll come back to that later. Yeah, we will, I suppose, because uh, we just did we just did Inception. Super easy mechanic. Don't know don't know what could possibly be difficult about that. We will never need to talk about it again. Clearly, just kill the heart, move on. We're done. Then we get to wormhole formation, and uh, that that break that you had during the clearly a hundred percent intended way of doing Inception, um, that got turned on its head pretty quick, I imagine, because wormhole, uh, obviously seeing it done and then doing it very different than figuring out how to do it, and that's what I want to hear, because that shit's nuts. Yeah. Figuring out wormhole was a process, uh, pretty much for every group that was progging this block. 
it was just a strategic nightmare in a way of organizing who'd go where we went through so many iterations of strategies i have three different macros chat macros for the different strategies that we had done because we flipped at one point someone said i hope you still have that old macro and i had i had overwritten it and i was like oh i should start saving these so then there ended up being three major iterations where we did several pulls on a strat and then changed it later and it was just like it was a map like do you have two the two people being slashed and dashed on the same side that creates problems with void orders because you really want the people in the same slash and dash uh section to be taking puddles at a time so you really wanted to slash across the room but that was scary because you know positioning there's this ray going around do we put that in the puddle do we put that not there's so many options for strategy there so it was just this crazy process of figuring something out that worked and we had cleese on it we had everybody racking their brains everybody throwing suggestions feel like every poll was a different strat for a stretch of like a couple hours Crazy. i remember how we we first approached it, the mechanic because we saw it once we saw how the first little bit kind of played out and we made some like known rules right we knew that essentially five and six had to take the first puddle and then we could extrapolate from the timing of what we saw was happening to the second puddle that seven and eight would have to take the second puddle and then one and two would have to take the third puddle if it came. So we could set those rules just based on the timings that we saw. We also knew that uh, brute justice was baited far, so we had to do something with that. And based on just who had to soak the puddles, we could set those rules and then let people try and make a strat around meeting those conditions. Which... I think helped us a little bit because it seems like people were a lot slower getting to a consistent wormhole strat than we were. But yeah. it, it took until it was Ara deciding that we could have very fixed positions for everyone else, the one, two, three, four. Uh, as soon as he found that out, the strat really came together for everything except for ironing out the nuance of the individual movement. Yep, and do I hate getting three. You know, I have gotten three 70% of the time. <laughs> we started to think it was role-based because it was the same with us. We were getting, like, repeats where somebody would get the same one or two marks, like six pulls in a row, and we were like, this has to be a roll thing, right? Next pull, you get seven. It's like, what? Oh. Then pull after that, you get six. Pull after that, you get four, and you're like, fuck it. I don't, it's just, I don't ever want to be three. It makes me mad. I like being like, responsible. <laughs> Three isn't responsible for. I mean, it is, but like, come feel on. Helpless while you watch your team get slashed and dashed to death. Three, three. The way I wrote out three to describe it to somebody is three. Go to brute justice. Look at wall. Turn camera. Watch everything burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more or less. More or less. That's how I describe three. I'm just like, no, no, <laughs> please. Knowing you can do nothing. But at, at a certain point, we were having issues with the slash and dashes being... Uh, every person would put it in a slightly different place. So you had 5, 6, 7, and 8. Their, their um, alpha sword and blasty charges would be slightly different, slightly angled different, different spots. And at some point, we had to have discussion, okay, we need these to be predictable. So they have to be in very specific spots. And we made a safe place at the east-west cardinal where the uh, chakrams spawn. Like, once the chakrams go, this is a safe spot. And once we did that, and we incorporated Ara's positioning strats, and we changed it. We were actually originally baiting the chakrams on the wall by brute justice, like everybody else was. And and much to my hatred, because I was very against this change, um, we started baiting them in the middle, 
things. I think that was part of our strategy was start in the middle. And that actually ended up being really, really great for the brute justice super jump consistency, because getting from brute justice to across the room before the jump snapshot was inconsistent at best and really destructive at worst. It would just wipe us immediately when the apoc rays would be a few inches out from every other pull or a few inches back or turned a little bit or suddenly he's in the puddle. <laughs> it's like, ah, um, a lot of little things that once we made those changes really made the plays consistent when the super jumps are always going right to the wall every time. And number three stays at the wall, so it's always turned around and baited the exact same way. And the slashes are always happening at this very specific spot for five and six, seven and eight. And uh, the safe spot, it was really smoothed out. So with that, is this another case of don't do the streamer strat? <laughs> Which, actually... if you had to put them objectively against each other, against the wall, run to the other side, I don't even really know what the exact system is for, like, what is considered traditional at this point. I just see That's it, and really... I'm just like, I don't know what you're doing. I'm just going to do the other, and do this instead. So comparing them, <laughs> well, I feel well. like, like our one is really, really consistent, but the learning curve to get to that consistency is very, is, like, very steep. There's a lot of information. You have to learn very specific movements in every single role uh and that's tough like having eight essentially 16 permutations of what you have to do and a single mechanic is infinitely harder than any other mechanic in the game ever right every other mechanic gives you two maximum three permutations of what you have to do at a, like a decision tree this gives you 16. so from that you just you just know straight away that the learning curve is going to be immense uh so you're going to be spending a lot of time here um but being consistent at it once you've got that is really important as well i'm not sure if there are strats which are easier to learn but potentially more i guess loose in their movement uh but i'm always gonna you know vouch for consistency so i think our strat is good but i don't know enough about other ones to suggest I'm not actually 100% so, familiar with that one, so with the streamer. So, what would the pug, the Keo Pud strat be for this? What's the macro, Keo? Yeah, <laughs> you've seen the macro. I that was leaked. <laughs> it's it's actually kind of funny. We we posted our intermission video, where you know he absorbs the robots and gets big, but we didn't think about the fact that in that macro, there was lines three through eight of what happens in Wormhole. And so we had multiple teams messaging us without our knowing, saying, oh, yeah, thanks for the wormhole macro. We've finally got it consistent, which yeah. <laughs> they kind of had to, you know, reverse engineer it and then figure out and move some things around. But, uh, yeah, that was that was a bit of an accident. That was also an old version of the macro. We made some revisions that uh, better said what to do. You know, it, it more highlighted the things that were more important than... I think one of them's like don't be near the wall was in those macros and that's not right. That was when that was an old iteration of the macro back when we were baiting at brute justice. Yeah, so, I was gonna say that's like, for four, I, I isn't those it? Words. That 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 was when four couldn't necessarily make it, so we had that thing say don't be by the wall at first. But that was irrelevant with the new strat. So I got I deleted that eventually. But in the transition video it was still there. So Yeah, if you tuned into my stream at any point, I'm sure it looked a little familiar. <laughs> just like all right there, what are we doing three four five. <laughs> yep. 
it's no, thank it's you. It's a good strat. It's just there is a steep learning curve, and I'm not. I, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the same across every wormhole strat because fundamentally the rules are the same. There are eight different spots that you'll have to learn and then flip it, so sixteen. But it's a very daunting mechanic when you look at it at first. It's just the amount of just space management and moving parts that happen during it and timing nuances and positioning nuances. It's so deep and rich as a mechanic that I, I absolutely love it, but my God, it's hard. This is, a, this is a great opportunity to talk about a preparation step we made that really paid off in Wormhole. One of the things we did before Prague, and I, this is the first time we've ever done this. I mentioned this in the Frosty show is we made sure that everybody, every single member of our raid group, all eight people, could record footage and post screenshots of their polls. It was very, very important that we could share POVs with everybody. So when it came to Wormhole, we actually made a compilation list. When someone would execute a number correctly, we would post a, a GIF, uh, animated GIF of that execution, and add it to a list. Cleese compiled the list for us. So if you needed to look up something like, man, I got seven so wrong. Let me go look at how, you know, Svia did seven when he got it. And you go look in the list and there was a, a GIF of number seven and you could watch it and fix your movement. And through that, we were able to like target the ones we were worried about. Like I was really worried about five and six. I had, the, it was my weakest numbers. If I got five and six, I was really nervous, but I watched a couple other people doing five and six. And I learned some tricks like where to preposition, and it can it really ironed it out for me. And I never I didn't really make the mistake very much after that. And that's really important, I think, because there's a lot of different options, so you just have to study them all. So, what do you think? It's much. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, it's much better to look at a POV than to look at a diagram. Do you think there's any possibility out there that somebody finds a way that those eight people pick? Go to one spot and don't move the entire no. time. Not impossible because of the puddles. Puddles necessitate a crossover. That's what um, Phantom tried to do. Phantom's big idea was let's move to the edges and we don't have to move again. And I was like, no, you you have to cross over at some point because of the puddles. So we have a strat. We have to have a strat that accommodates the crossovers. I'm curious because I've seen I've I've thought things were impossible. I'm I'm really looking forward to the weeks and months that go on to see if anyone finds like a way where you can like get someone at like max with the puddles like side at max distance and then a little bit in and a little bit in. They all like look like slightly differently to bait them away, and the people on the other side are like slightly awful. I'm I'm just super curious to see because some people brain like galaxy brain shit like I, I think the fact that you guys got this the way you did is galaxy brain and i think people still have some more galaxy brain to fucking figure it out for <laughs> i don't know i what. think the rules of limit cut that we set at the start are universal that five six seven eight one two take the soaks right i don't think there's really another way around it except for maybe you can't swap three and four with one and two so no that, that's more or less how it has to be. And I, I can't, and I've never come across another way to do it. And to do that, you have to go across. That's just the nature of the mechanic. I hope it stays that way. I hope nobody galaxy brains it. Cause I, this shit, I think this wormhole strat's actually great. Having, you know, seen three through eight and doing it for unsuccessfully for several days. 
Uh, let's not talk about that. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. no, that's, that's the learning curve, like we were talking about. And having those POVs would absolutely help your team, um, as it would help any other team. It's just it's just a matter of learning every single spot, uh, knowing how to execute. I'm just tired of getting three, man. I don't want three anymore. I want to, I want to be responsible for something. <laughs> I don't want to watch it all burn. Oh, man. Could have uh, been done without the POVs. Yeah, for sure. Like, prog-wise. Prog-wise, could it be done without POVs? You mean, like, world first, or just getting through? Yeah. The well, yeah, anyone just doing it. Yeah. I think the, the POVs are, are great help, but you obviously don't need them. That's you a... just keep pulling, keep getting... From a, okay, from a world-first perspective, if you were really going for a world-first, do you think it's a make-or-break? Being able to share footage, I think mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a huge asset, but no, it's not mandatory. Okay. Um, but I mean, you want you want every advantage you can get when it comes to world first. So <laughs> I would say I would say everyone recording footage is an is a no brainer. Speaking it's of uh, big brain, uh, when is the all eight TPS member wormhole perspective video like Brady Bunch style? Whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and in the center, it I just says Brady. Footage for that. We might probably do. That'd be pretty cool. You could just show them all individually, one through eight, and then all how it looks all at the same time. Or three even four, just like just, one and then two and then three, the four. Yeah. I think it would look pretty cool, to be honest. I think that that actually be not only a massive asset. Because if it was an asset to you during Prague, it's obviously going to be an asset to anyone else looking to specifically mm. replicate that wormhole strategy. So just, I mean, you could even you could even Brady bunch just one person. Like you could have one person, all eight numbers. You take your own footage and you assemble it. That'd be that's a lot of fucking footage. You're then depending on unless you're me and you get three every fucking time. Sorry. Well, even if you get three, you're then depending on for this footage, brute justice and cruise chase to spawn on the same sides and the void to spawn on the same formation every single time as well, to make the the footage accurate for each POV. That's why I think having eight different ones of the same pole doing it correctly yeah. is like exactly. Yeah, it's the easier yeah, way to do true. it. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the TPS wormhole co Brady Bunch compilation. That's what I'm waiting on. You could do the song, too, with all your characters right at the front, the beginning. It'd be perfect. Here's the story mm. of a shitty mechanic that everyone dies to on every pole. Isn't it, isn't <laughs> it just the best, though? When you when you successfully solve wormhole. So we're completely done. We've passed the mechanic. Everyone's alive. It's great. Y'all run to the center and died incinerating heat. That's the end of the poll. Start off. Yeah, they they just threw in a split damage AOE and two enumerations, which uh, I was I'm gonna say I was pretty surprised enumerations were a hundred percent the same both times they appear. There's no no randomness at all to enumeration. I guess because of everything else they were asking you to do. The randomness that they do is the DPS targets. Yeah, because it used to be always be on healers in uh, six and. Heal a tank in eight, I want to say. Yeah, Intuition 2 is healer eight. Heal yeah. Anyway, that's the, the wrinkle they throw in there that the, the variance goes elsewhere now. It's, it's not the numbers, it's the targets. And But that's the end of Wormhole. Easy. <laughs> yeah, Jeez, <laughs> Say this later. after every fucking phase. Yeah. No, wormhole is not easy. You, it, just, it is... you just always say, but you have to say it's easy can't let it beat you. I will, I will say this to the end of time. It is the hardest mechanic in the game by a very long margin. 
It's like X's Nothing on, else comes on Bahamut. You just say it's easy. And then, you know... Ixa is fundamentally Yeah, but it still easy, kills but people. But yeah, <laughs> it's not easy for brains to do because it's a very high pressure moment. One holds in the middle of the fight. X's, yeah. it's not easy for brains to do. Yeah. Like, you, you have other stress factors going on at the time. But Wormhole, you're, you're only, what, 10 minutes into the pull at that time? Uh, which is, it's not inconsiderable, but it's... It's not 18 minutes. It's, it's not 18 minutes, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's why I think that just Wormhole is just, there's, there's nothing that comes close at all. Well, once you get through Wormhole and you survive that, you got two Mega Holies. He swapped it up, no Tank Busters this time. And then you've got uh, Shinryu 2.0, I guess is the best way to describe the end of... <laughs> you like that? You like that, Kyo? Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty basically Shinryu in Rage Extreme, but with like Alexander shit. It's three different targets all casting. Uh, yeah, I guess. Except I guess. damage. Is it yeah, real damage? There's, there's and your real screen damage is just going shaking <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, that scares the shit out of me every time when yeah. Alexander's in the back. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, Alexander's going crazy, and the J waves are shaking your screen at the same time, and you're sitting there thinking, "Is that me shaking, or is it the screen? I don't know." Overlapping way, shake mechanics is uh, that's the first time I think ever. Overlapping shake mechanics, the from both targets. Uh, healers are like sweating and you know squeaking while they're trying to get through this healing check as well. It's it's a very high pressure moment. I, I've told Keo many times to get his blood pressure checked after this tier. Because you of that me, so particularly. You told me that you told Keo to get his blood pressure checked, too. Exactly. Raimi and I would both <laughs> say, like, Raimi was the one who brought it up. Just the stress during that phase. Even if it's not that hard to heal, it isn't really that hard to heal, but it's stressful. Hold, we're holding so our breath. First, in when you first got there, did you, um, did you find a DPS check a little bit, like, forgiving? Or was the heal check a little bit harder? Well, the first time we got there was with nothing but two tanks alive, so we found the staying alive part really well, difficult. Well. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had the two best uh, jobs to do it, at least. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, that was that was a very short pull, but I think early on, the damage was never the problem. It was... Actually, it kind of all came together at the same time, I think. What do you think, Kyo? Okay. Yeah, I mean, initially... I think it was harder because our damage wasn't fully optimized. Everyone was panicking about the um, Cruise Chaser and Rage, Caspar. So we would throw everything on him. And that made it take longer to kill Brute Justice, which meant we got subsequent, like, more J-Waves than we should. And those really hurt. And we also overhealed at the beginning because J-Storm hits really hard. But then the waves are really weak after. So we would end up overblowing our cooldowns at the start. And, the, yeah, they both sort of sorted themselves out together. We realized that the damage was backloaded. And so I would just, you know, heal up the storm with an Indom, and then we would chill uh, with with weaker AoE healing. And so, and also, the group got better at optimizing the two-target damage so that we got yeah. fewer J-Waves. And they just sort of came together. Uh, literally time. mathed out that you only need about 65,000 damage, a DPS, on Cruise Chaser to kill him in time before he's in Rage. And that's it. And at that point, you're using mostly 60s and 90 second cooldowns, so you're bursting with your party at about 110, 120k. So you can use very little on that, on Cruise Chaser, so that your Brute Justice damage is still there, and you can get well ahead of those J-Waves. I'm just, listen, dancers. <laughs> I hit them both with a standard and attack. That's what I'm going to do there. All right? that's, that's the plan. <laughs> 
We we talked about getting oh. off Cruise Chaser and letting the dots finish him off so much. It's good. Oh, one thing from Prime. Was there anything, any mechanic that you kind of hoped was there or were expecting that wasn't? <laughs> Don't say communion puddles. I was about to actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. If communion was there, maybe some things would have happened. I don't know. But it wasn't, so we don't need to talk about it, I guess. <laughs> communion puddles uh, during wormhole? <laughs> no, thank you. You want to add another layer to fucking this? <laughs> I don't want any of that. Yeah, easy, right? Yeah, easy. Don't worry. Easy. easy, easy. Just don't that. Just don't. Just don't touch them. Forehead. What else did Alex Prime have that we could have seen? Uh, we didn't see any ads. Gravitational anomaly. No. I don't yeah, no, no gravitational ads. anomaly. Uh, no ads. No. What's uh none, what's the prey markers that he has that he had in the first phase on the DPS? I don't yeah. remember what those were called. Uh, I don't remember what those are called either. Just minimal temporal time stasis. Gates. Like we got a stasis, but yeah, time, no, gates. time gates. Time gates. Yeah. We thought there would be time gates. Yeah, time gate was a theory that we had later on as well. There yeah, there's there's an unintended time gate in a sense, kind of, but you know, we haven't <laughs> talked about that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we got through wormhole, hooray! We got through the the brute justice and Shimmery, cruise chaser Shimmery and Alexander Shimmery. burn, which was actually okay. This was a really good implementation of making your damage through that phase relevant, because the lower you got Alexander before the burn, the more time you had after you killed both cruise chaser and brute justice. Right? It was all relevant. He had a seventy-five second cast bar. If your damage wasn't good, if you were necroing your way through, like you could in uh, Bahamut Prime, you just wouldn't make that check. Bahamut would. Uh, sorry, Alexander would finish his channel and everyone dies. But now they made it so that you couldn't necro your way through. Just that extra level of punishment added on top of what was essentially Yukob's Bahamut Prime phase, but now harder, and with the hardest mechanic in the game in it. That's fun. Brilliant. But Brilliant. Yeah. It's just fantastic. I And I say that unironically. It's just the right type of design that I want. And this kind of com comes to a point that I I've been skipping over. Um, healing, Keo. I I we're running Scholar Astro. <laughs> I want to know what you think of Astro in this fight, healing wise. If you if you have an opinion, I don't know if you have explored I'm the worried. thought of it much. I'm worried about Astro's MP, but I'd imagine with all, as long as you could make it through Brute Justice phase, there's enough downtime in Cruise Chaser, or uh, sorry, in uh, Temporal Stasis, and you can you can do the uh, the Lucid Cheese, where you uh, pop Lucid and you get the extension from the time freeze. So that's uh, that's still a thing. So you'd be fine once you made it through there. The burn is a little concerning, but I mean, if you remember back from Midas, they said the same things. Yeah. And Astro could still do in practice. Like I ran Astro um, in a couple of alt groups during Midas when it was relevant, and Astro was fine. This is before Star, getting through the J Wave burn. So, um, Cure Three will always be an easy mode. Don't have to think. Just pop Cure Three. But Astro can do it. It just takes a little bit more planning, and that's not too bad. Light speed stars. You know the the whole kit and caboodle. I'm more worried about their MP than I am their ability to heal. We'll put it that way. And uh, from what I've heard, it's not too bad. Okay. Yeah, I was curious specifically because of Cure 3. Like, every everyone I talk to keeps saying, dude, Cure 3? Cure 3? I'm like, yeah, it's easy. 
Thin air, thin air kind of ensures that after all these expansions. Uh, okay, so we're through that. Bam. One minute transition into Perfect Alexander that you have to watch every time you get it. <laughs> really it's cool transition, but... It's a great transition because it gives you a chance to orient yourself to last phase. Like, you really have to... Last phase is so different from the rest of the fight that it's, uh, it's a good break time to, like, look over diagrams. We always use it as, like, a mental reset look over diagrams, review the strategy, talk about strats, and it's plenty of time. So it was always really good. Yeah, I guess uh, that chat's bringing up the big thing. The fact that it's a cutscene, obviously, is what makes it really cool. But unlike Uwu, unlike, uh, I guess, even the moments before Golden becomes targetable for Bahamut, uh, you can't do anything. You're stuck. You're down for the count. You're going to lose your increased lightning stack start over, your Hutons, your, you know, you can't shield before you come back. You can't do anything. You're essentially stuck till right the moment where the fight actually begins again before you can do anything. So I don't know if you feel a specific way about them doing this as a cutscene versus having this type of transition, but doing it more like even just brute justice where he's, you know. Even if they added three seconds or took three seconds off of the, the duration of that down for the count, that would make it so much more pleasant to transition out of that phase or that cutscene. But other than that, I have no problem with it. I think it's amazing. I'm so glad we got a full-length cutscene, basically, in the middle of an ultimate fight. Like, it was unexpected. You know, I I, I know we got it in UCOB, but Uwu's was largely just a recreation of the existing MSQ cutscenes. There wasn't really much additional added. Uh, so I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of this one. And it's, it's it went above and beyond. It was magnificent. Uh, we loved the, the mecha assembly it was one of us in particular huh <laughs> <Good end again. laughs> yeah i've heard the... <laughs> jesus christ it was really something special like i'm i'm floored that that was added and i i'm glad it was it was the way it... i feel like we didn't deserve it almost because of how small the community is that participates in ultimate compared to the whole but i'm really glad we caught it it's something special yeah, compared to, um, you know, Golden Bahamut or Supercharged uh, Ultima, it's a, it's a very, very different approach to the way that they usually speak about Ultimates even. where they're, It's a lot about trying to reuse assets and make, like, maybe model changes. But this is, like, it's a Brute Justice reskin, but it's a very work-intensive one, I'd have to imagine. They put a lot of work into it, you can tell that much. Except for one thing, which we'll talk about soon. Speaking of the perfect Alexander model, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you get the perfect Alexander, you get the first mechanic, final word. Uh, well, you can figure that out. That's not too big an issue. You know, it's, it's just teaching you how something new works. You get ordained emotion, ordained stillness, you know, uh, really testing the attention span of people when they need to start or stop. Which we all know, as a dancer, again, who has to improv and everyone needs to stand still for a few seconds, I'm like, if any of you jump out of this, I hate you. And someone always does it. So I know people can't stand still or move around in the ways they're told to. <laughs> but you've learned all that, and now all of a sudden there's this, like, 20-second cast bar, fake calibration alpha, and you're like, okay, this is enrage? And then it happens, and you're like, we can't, What? That's, First that's... time we saw it, we saw four robots. Everyone said, 
what's going on? And then we all died. <laughs> and that's all that we learned. That's it. That was the phase. We thought, oh, cool, we've made progression. We're going to see a new trio. We're going to learn a ton of mechanics. We're going to see what this phase is all about. And we just instantly die. Still this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. That was um, probably the funniest but... part about watching people on stream prog it, is everyone just like randomly guessing whether it was going to be stillness or, <laughs> or, or motion. So, but think about it when you get there for the first time with no other like prior knowledge of what this phase is, right? You're going in and you're thinking, I need to learn as much as possible right now, be as observant as possible. Look around the room, get all the information that is is physically possible to absorb and get it right now. And then you die immediately with no telegraph. You're just dead. It's the only sort of way that you can make sense of that is it's either guaranteed going to be a stillness or something in the first phase dictated what just happened right because nothing else made sense there. absolutely i think um 1a said it best when they hit it the first time and they they stopped speaking japanese and just said what (laughs) 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 so that was the perfect reaction we had the same one (laughs) yeah um and the only way you kind of, as you just said, Sphia, really one of the only ways you start to recognize this is if you did uwu in the in the first day, when you got to you know the the ads there where you're just like, it's over. So it's worse than that, and I say it's worse because that was a wall, right? That was a, just an obvious wall. There was nothing you could do about the fact that you had to LB three those bits around the edge. And then you had to heal RB3. That's all. That's what you had to do. There was nothing else you could do about it. You got here, and you could, through luck and nothing but chance, survive the mechanic, right? So it was a wall that was disguised as a mountain. And you can get over a mountain consistently, but you can't get over a wall without all the information you need. So we kept thinking... There's more that we can learn here. There's more that we can see and we can figure this mechanic out because obviously something's working in here that we're doing. One of these is working. We're just missing the tell. But then it just never came. Oh, it yeah. it, it, it happened. It just happened in a very different way than I than everyone had, you know, projected prior to Sunday-ish. I want to say Monday, maybe. When uh, people figured it out. There's a clip of, um, forgive me for not being able to remember which group it was, but there is a clip of, of fake calibration beta without the codex where the group managed to luckily survive through alpha, luckily survive through the buster immediately afterward, and they made it to beta and then just death because they don't, they don't know what's going on. And it just goes to show like you can still progress through sheer luck and good guessing. Um, with a couple of members and still make it. And it's just, that was so confusing. As Fee was saying, it was mis- almost misleading. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the good news is you still got to see everything that was supposed to happen. You know, like you were yeah. still given all the information, you know, Oh, there's a defamation. There's, there's some people with the lightning, you know, there's a shared sentence here. It's just, how do I put any of this together? We had enough data points from, pulling there to try and learn about this phase that we could map out whatever every debuff that happened we could map out that there would be a safe spot at the front at the back but it was at the middle of one of two robots um we could map out who like that it was going to be a defamation we could map out the shared the three 
plaintiff severity, whatever that debuff's called. I call it the lightning um, debuff. Yeah, I call it lightning as well. Aggravated assault. So we, we knew all of this stuff. We just didn't know who it went on, what dictated that, when it happened, and why. So we had a strat. We, we went into it with a strat that would work if we knew those conditions. But no matter where we looked, we couldn't find it. And we looked real far. We, we, we went down some rabbit holes. And they were not pleasant places. <laughs> were they wormholes? <laughs> Listen. I, I was uh, uh, I was absolutely obsessed with the glow in particular. Yeah, I can see that too. in my chat. <laughs> GL Omega Lol W. Yeah, I was uh, one of the people that was firmly in the camp that boss's model changing appearance was dictating somehow the orientation of the debuffs in uh, in alpha. So that somehow, if you look through the patterns of the boss turning into a glowing state and off of a glowing state, that you could interpret that somehow to tell you the buffs and where the safe spot was. And we ran I'm through link a tweet so many just to highlight how glaring the difference is. Like literally glaring, it, it glares at you. It's it's so obviously different. And this was the biggest either red herring or bug that exists. And it just it. That was a very, very deep rabbit hole. Keo. First tweet, GL Omega, Omega LW. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and there's... this would... Oh, carry on. You know more about the glow than I do. You went far deeper than me. I pulled out the ruler. and I, I tweeted... <laughs> that, that was tweeted as well by Sophia. I pulled out the ruler. We were watching where it started glowing and taking percentages of the cast bar and trying to correlate that to different parts of the mechanic. And, you know, he would also glow earlier in the phase, too. So, okay, is he glowing during final word? Okay, that means something, too. And it was just, I went through, I went, I had this long text document of just all these different iterations of, okay, when he glowed in this way, and this way, and this way, this happened. Okay, when he glowed this way, and this way, and this way, this happened. Theory one, when he glows like this, it does this. When Theory two, when he glows, and it was just endless. So... God, so, awful. so uh, some of our raid members are trying to poke one of your raid members after you cleared to get any information because we weren't even there yet, but we just wanted to know. And uh, one of your members came back with saying, I, I don't want to say too much, but Morse code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at one point in time, there was the idea floated that maybe he's trying to communicate to us in Morse code. <laughs> at one point in time, Keo may have tried to convert the off and on whether he's glowing to binary uh <laughs> it was bad we were in really deep but thankfully at some point we called it that evening and we decided to sleep um not before testing a few other things but we we thankfully did not continue down the rabbit hole any further because it was clear that we, you know we're at this wall and we weren't going to clear it that evening, so we did need to sleep at some point Thursday night. So we went to bed. It was a good call to do that. <laughs> Cleared our minds. I think what's important oh, and... is that I tell you the other things that we tested before we went to bed. But carry on first, Sly. How in the blue hell did you quantify this? It's ultimate. That's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's unquantifiable. You have to get all the data points you possibly can and then make something fit to that. And would find things that would fit these statistical anomalies. Like, they would literally be statistical anomalies. That would be like, oh, this particular glow means that it's going to be stillness 
defamation on tank, shared sentence on range DPS, two healers, and the other tank are going to have the planter severity. That's like that was this one thing that may have happened twice, and you'd find things like that. And be like, yes, this is the rule. We found out this one set, and it's just it's obscene. Yeah. Keo, how many timelines did you create? Because I know you probably had some timelines. How many correct timelines did you create? Let's not over-exaggerate it. The biggest thing I was chasing down was that uh, we found out on several different polls, he started glowing during the Fate Calibration cast bar at specific percentages. So we thought it was roughly either he was glowing at the beginning of the cast bar, at 25% through the cast bar, 50% through the cast bar, or 75% through the cast bar. And that this meant there were four possible configurations of mechanic assignment in the, in the phase following. And so that was what we were testing. So, okay, when he glow, glow, glows in the first 25%, does he do them in this very specific order every time? And all it takes is two data points to say, oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> two did, like literally two different polls where he glowed in that same percentage and did different things. And you go, okay, not true. Yeah. My, my greater concern is that these 11, 12 minute polls came down to that being the, the information point. I mean, there's not like you had anything else to work with at that point, but... Well, it's funny after remember, the fact. You gotta remember, what was the last hard wall we had like this, where it was a cryptic mechanic, and it was octet. And how did you solve that? You pulled more, and you kept pulling, and you kept pulling, you kept writing down all the data you could possibly get from every pull, and then you figured it out from that. But unfortunately, that's not how this one worked. No, no, it doesn't. So remember when we figured out Inception earlier in the show? We just, you know, you just kill the heart and you drop them crystals off to the side. I've got a story. Mm. I've got a story for you. So mm -hmm. after you guys cleared, one of our raid members noticed that uh, Shinoa meowed randomly in one of our pulls. And we didn't really know why. But we're like, how come Shinoa has not meowed on any of our last ten pulls? But that one pull, Shinoa meowed. We found a clip after it was made public what we were supposed to do during Inception that we had fed a, the heart to one of the crystals. The heart had gotten more resistant and that Shinoa had meowed. That was, uh, that was the key. We just didn't see it. All we knew is that Shinoa meowed on, in our text, you know, in our, in our chats. And we're like, why? And that's it. Because Shinoa is the secret ingredient here. Yep. So, so, yeah, you want to go through this? Right. Before going back there, we looked elsewhere, right? So you think, what else could possibly influence this mechanic? And then you see on Brute Justice and Cruise Chaser during the burn phase, there's this buff on them. And it's called the Enigma Codex. And it says, Give, gives the user the wearer the ability to manipulate time. And we thought, wow, if we can manipulate time, maybe we can do this mechanic. That'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? And so we thought, how can we interact with these uh, mobs? Because like Woken Mechanics, it's it's all about what you can physically interact with with, with, uh, with either the terrain or the bosses. Things that they give you control over, you then experiment with them and put them in different ways and do different things with them to get different results. And so that was sort of the, the next step of the plan, was let's find the place where you have the most interaction, which is Inception. And so we thought, what can we interact with? Let's make Brute Justice jump into a Judgment Crystal. Maybe that'll do something. Maybe that'll 
put the bleed on him that happens when you stand in a judgment crystal and he'll die and we'll get the the enigma codex that'll be pretty cool didn't work so we tried to do it with cruise chaser where he spawns in the middle and slashes three people we've got a judgment crystal there and we planned to do that and i messed up the orbs and i killed everyone except the tanks because we were supposed to kill the heart before it got to the center but i killed everyone so we couldn't kill the heart and it ran into the crystal and not long after we went to bed thinking it's been a complete waste of time we've learned absolutely nothing and that's that but you had learned something we, we had we had learned something though i woke up in the morning thinking about the heart and thinking that something wasn't right there with that interaction why does it blow up and i looked at the footage and it gave it a von stack sorry a von down stack and the interesting thing about that is that it's a stack which means that it implies multiple and why would it like obviously it's a pass fail mechanic virtually everything in this in this fight is a pass fail mechanic there's no degrees of failure it's just either you fail or you don't and so you look further into the heart and you think the obvious things with this is then that either we've failed it already or we're looking in the right direction so we spent two hours from the time that we started raid trying to get it to eat four uh, four crystals and we had runs where we learned all the interactions of the crystals exactly how close they can be to alexander exactly how close they can be to each other but we couldn't get it to eat four and then we finally did and we sold it and that's the sort of roundabout loop we had to take to get to an actual solution to a mechanic for something four minutes into the future that's the time gate yeah it's very convoluted and then and uh, we, said, oh yeah what's that kill oh just i remember we had debates when we first saw it whether there was any merit to the observation there's one stack that's nothing you know it's probably not relevant you know we had the back and forth a little bit whether we should investigate but we settled on investigating it but we almost didn't um we almost discarded it uh I wouldn't say we almost discarded. We we considered discarding it. But we we uh, decided very quickly that we should at least test a couple more stacks, see if something happens. And then okay, let's not discard this completely until we test all four. Other groups yeah. reached that point at a certain point too. I know Arthur's went to bed the night before it was discussed with the plan. Let's try getting four when we get, it. and then it was done while he was sleeping. So. And I guess really the only hint to this, um, other than obviously hitting that hard wall, is when you do reach the Alexander phase, I mean, like you said, you can see they have that buff, the Enigma Code. That's it. That's the only thing up to this point, or a potential failure of the mechanic the first time, which is like how we, without noticing, ran into that condition and just didn't think about it. And uh, that's, I think, I think you'd think it would taught us not to let that happen. And it didn't. Because didn't even cross my mind until I woke up that fateful morning and I saw a golden heart float off to the <sighs> distance. They tricked us. They said Bastards. there'll be no puzzles. This will be more like UCOB. And they lied. <laughs> <laughs> so you're holding it very personally against them. They oh, yeah. Lied. I was I was distraught, right? It was, it was a really, from getting walled to finding the heart, it was a really tough time. We were thinking, we're so stupid, we're doing something so wrong, we're bashing our heads away against this dumbass stuff for so long, and we're just wasting our times. 
it was real it was really depression hours like I, <laughs> it was it was not feeling good I felt, it, the feeling like we were throwing like send off said it actually he's like why is my team throwing by doing this like it was a similar feeling but, it's, uh, like, it's so fucking funny because the whole week until it was public, I was memeing saying, "You guys know Alexander made Shinoa to 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 defeat himself." <clears throat> How the fuck that. could I have even thought about that? As and even like in obviously, then people started posting all the like individual lore tidbits of like Shinoa finding like you know noticing pieces of the codex and things like that, little crystals. It's like that's just. That's just maximum galaxy. It was it was blew my mind that they went that route by the end of it all. Ara uh, also posted, and that's a good reminder that we still had the plan to tap running all four orbs into the uh, heart as well, like crashing the actual orb into the heart, see if it would detonate and do anything. That was after we were done testing the towers. We were going to do that next, but obviously we didn't have to because that solved the problem. And then I guess the the more interesting thing is that with that information with the heart which then floats off and lets you know alexander's actual inception location so you can finish the phase which was uh, a, a very visually appealing detail in my opinion um it only took you guys you woke up the next day tested that figured out and beat it the same day if i'm recalling like friday on your last poll for the evening yeah our polls that last day were very good lots of consistent perfect polls but even then, it, I mean, it took the whole day, so... But it was, it was, uh... I mean... We, we also had some really fortunate alpha and beta. I think that gr groups would be surprised at how miraculous our alphas and betas were. You can go ahead and see. He's the one who originally brought it to my attention, just how good it was. Yeah, so... Because we'd pulled alpha so many times, we knew exactly how it worked. We just didn't know how we were going to learn what we needed to learn. So we got there with the buff, and we one-shot the mechanic with, I think, three deaths, um, just because we... What was it? Shared sentence, hit everyone, yes. killed the three, three lightning So we didn't know the died. exact positionings. That's all it was. We, we knew how the strap would work, we just didn't position correctly. We misplayed it. Uh, and then we get through the tank buster, and then we see all of beta. And the first time we get there, we see the two core mechanics of that fight or the phase the the end phase all in one pull the first time we get back there um and we do it with eight alive by the time you get to beta and footage with eight people alive is the most important you can't actually make plans on incomplete pull data so if you have seven people alive you can only make guesses but you can never make concrete plans based on what you see um but having eight alive just was incredible and this is where keo just kind of went super saiyan and carried the rest of the fight almost single-handedly i'm not kidding he just just it's oh, mind I, exploded I've, I've and everything him, was I resolved i yeah. saw uh so when we were we were discussing what to do with the debuffs we were discussing you know we knew the beacon and follow mechanics we'd noticed the tethers we um phantom was the one who listed out every member's assignment for that so it was like okay there's three non-beacon light marks the um the contact uh, prohibition there's one contact regulation buff there's three escape um the escape runaway buffs there's one escape uh beacon debuff so we had identified what everyone had which pairs had tethers and he listed them all out 
And I used that while they were still discussing it to draw up a quick diagram. And it just so happened that my first guess at the diagram of what we were going to position like ended up being what I think is the accepted strat now, which it was very, very close, if not exactly it. And we had um, one dynamic position. We either positioned the east side of the room or the west side of the room, depending on if the robots in the middle were which one didn't jump. So we sorted that out like basically right away. It was probably within 10 minutes of that pull ending, 15 minutes of that pull ending. I came out with that diagram. We said, this looks pretty good. I, if anything, we just I, I put the robots on the bottom, so we flipped the image, had Cleese do that, and then we just went. I was like, let's, let's do it, and it worked the first time. The yep. first time, everything was correct. I think we had execution errors. We ran into the wall or something, but we were like, this works, this works. This, is, uh, this will operate. This will get us through, and uh, there wasn't much else to solve. Refinement. We did a little bit of refinement, had one pull that went through beta, saw almighty judgment, and then I think the next time we were there, we were in Rage. Yeah. Yeah, because after Fate Calibration Beta, it's um it's essentially golden from uh, Bahamut. It's uh it's a tank mechanic, a group split damage mechanic, and a movement mechanic. And then it repeats a couple times, and you've got to die before you're all killed one by one. Um, oh, and we... I said Keo carried us in this phase. Oh, like, yeah, I, I know what We happened. literally put a marker on his head, and he'd place a marker <laughs> on the ground. And he'd say, we're moving like this, and we did it. Nobody else had to use their brain at all. Thoughts per second? Oh. Just through the floor. Well, I just focus on doing that. <laughs> That's it. Well, Keo, from, from, from what I've heard before this show, Keo definitely went for minimum thoughts per second during your first Enrage cast. Wait, what? You didn't stand in a oh. circle? Oh. Uh. <laughs> oh I got real good footage of that. To be fair, it is important data to know what happens if you don't stand in the circle. But, but yeah, I walked out. We we got there the first time, and I was the only one alive. I was like, look, there's a circle. What about this oh, time? No, no, and then I walked was, out of it. It was five of us or four of us alive, and you're just like, let's not stand in there. That looks bad. And you didn't, and we died. <laughs> what, is it just like like a defamation-style explosion? or Because uh, I haven't seen what it looks like. No, so... When the thing comes down, it puts a debuff on one person. Yeah. And it gives them time something. Yeah. I forget. Either way. Temporal prison? Temporal, yeah. It's, there's some specific debuff that it puts on you. But it puts that debuff on you uh, and then cages you. But I think the whole theme of it is that you're soaking that and you're being frozen in time and delaying everyone else from getting it, right? But what happens if no one soaks is that it just hits the whole floor and everyone gets frozen in time. Oh, so you get the normal enraged, normal end of prison enrage. Yeah, animation. what happens to the eighth person happens to everyone straight away. And it's very much like boring, like it's not as cinematic and as uwo. Yeah. I mean he just, it's he just freezes weird. you in a place in time, he's like, You're here now. Yeah. It's just the floor <laughs> went got hit by the thing, Kia wasn't in it. And we're back. Seeking the piece of reason. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's gotta be the worst <laughs> one because all the music stops when when you get yeah. frozen, and then all of, all of a sudden it fades to black in here. Seeking the piece of, and you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's literally he's actually sent you to purgatory at that point to the first circle of hell, maybe instead. 
Uh, um, but yeah, that last phase, I mean, it's basically like Titan Bombs, like, because you could do a 3-1-2-1, you know, we have to be used to be able to do either or, and then a tank mechanic and a split mechanic. And uh, that's it. And then you just got to repeat that with enough DPS and no deaths, or as few as possible. Sorry, Sindolf. And uh, you should be fine. <laughs> we went from... I feel really bad for Sindolf. Jesus Christ. Don't. Oh, he, uh, he's, he's got to die. He's got to <laughs> die. Go ahead. Say that. I was just saying, he, he more than deserves every little bit of shit we throw at him. So it's fine. That's also the ceremony. It happened in Sigmascape. In order to in order for us to kill it, he has to die. And it was totally his fault too, by the way. He didn't die because someone else let him die. He died because he didn't push his cooldowns for the tank must got eviscerated. But you know what? It makes for a great kill story at the end of the day. Hmm. And with that, you finished Alexander. Now you get to go back and reclear it tomorrow. Yes. And get I'm actually really looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm curious what it'll look like now with you with full comfort levels. Well, yeah, and really big rounds of rust because we haven't played since Friday at all. Trying anything new or keeping same strat, basically? I think we should probably go prog strat again. Uh, we're going to change one thing. I'm not going to mark myself during Almighty Judgment because it takes people's eyes off of the floor. They're just staring at me, so we're going to mark the Almighty floor. Judgment happens so fucking quick. It seems like it's it like was bombs. just... It's like Titan Bombs. It's, yeah. I think it's about the same speed as Titan Bombs. It's pretty quick. It's more just knowing the snapshots of when you're supposed to move. That makes it a lot easier. And Keo got a good, mm. really good read on that like the first time we got there, which is pretty fortunate. We had yeah. three people live through the mechanic the first time we got there. They just dodged it correctly, and so we decided to pick one of the three, and I volunteered to guide the way. You're the hero, Keo. You always have been. <laughs> the that. hero at running into walls. I literally I wiped us for no reason twice. I mean, <laughs> twice is not that bad. Listen, I've, I've had a dancer <laughs> situation once or twice, too, where you're like, this is a fixed distance. Don't ever. Oh, I just did it. Yeah, don't worry. Um, yeah, so that's it. It comes down to world first and then waiting, you know, three, four days for someone else to do it. Was there was there any shock that it was a, a streamed world second? Absolutely. It was a big shock. Yeah, big shout-outs to Move. We've mentioned them a few times here, and they have been streaming Prague the entire time. And they were frontrunners from the beginning alongside One Ace, alongside Arthur's. They were uh, they were major front runners in the streaming group, and it led to a world second stream. What was the reaction there? Because that's just a few hours ago, still at this point. I was relieved that someone killed it. Were you like, more relieved it was someone who streamed it, so you could just push the button to make it live, <laughs> the videos? Well, partly yes, but I also I also kind of wanted the mystery to be a mystery for a little bit longer, you know. It was really cool watching everything unfold the way that it did and having this sort of like this, this vantage point to watch just everything happen that we already knew. It was it was a really, really cool experience since Prague has been almost as enjoyable as in Prague, which is just it's so different to anything else I've experienced in this game. Yeah, I think it's the first time the community's had a chance to collectively prog with a streamer on something so cryptic for such an extended period of time 
when there was no other information out, I think it was amazing. I mean, it really stepped up the the experience in Uwu where it was the same thing. They got to sort of solve the awaken mechanic with the streamers. I wasn't there for that, sadly, because I was progging. Um, I wasn't able to enjoy it. This time I got to sit there front row and watch, and it was just amazing. And the fact that it was streamed was just all the better because everybody got to see. It felt like we were sharing our experience even with them. Yeah. Uh, of just seeing those phases for the first time, the overwhelming like destruction of some of the phases like alpha and beta in particular, where they just killed you right away um, together. It was magnificent. I wish we could have the more of that in the future in terms of just give us that collective community experience where we all get to enjoy it together. So yeah, it well, was really something also, special. It's also cathartic in a way. Like I had Haru glory saying, help, give us a hint. I saw that. And and it's just no. You guys have to suffer like we suffered. Um, I do. That's only fair. I do want, of course, raise the question. Now, obviously, looking over at the World of Warcraft community, Method has made it popular for basically the entire world race to be streamed there. But in the Final Fantasy XIV community, there's still very much, and I think it's most apparent in this raid tier versus any other one, that the uh, seclusion of information critical to success is very clearly what led to such a wide gap between the world first and the world second in this case leading all the way to the world second coming from being streamed which is just not something the final fantasy 14 community has had to deal with at this point do you think there is ever a point where final fantasy 14 collectively as a community accepts that maybe the most exciting way to do this is all out in the open like world of warcraft does it I don't disagree that it's the most exciting way, but it's not the most competitive way. And if you're a competitive player, you're going to do it that way. I yeah. agree. Okay. Uh, I basically, unfortunately, and the first thing that we thought of when we saw that the secret was being streamed was you've just given up your lead. That's the first thing that uh, that most of us thought is, oh, that sucks. You know, It's good that you found it out, but you threw away a lead by sharing this with people. Now everyone will catch up. And that's sort of the pervasive thought of anybody racing is we don't want our secrets getting out and then someone to use that information to lap us. So uh, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, I don't know what could fix that, honestly. It's a great experience streaming. Don't get me wrong. I would enjoy doing it, but I don't really feel like I could feel like we were being competitive if we were doing that. Not to mention streaming is distracting in and of itself. There's um, a specific person whose name I won't mention, but there's a specific person I know that is dramatically affected by whether they're on stream or not. Their performance changes very much. And knowing that they're not isolated, that that's not the only person, they're just the most prevalent example, is everybody plays a little bit different when eyes are on you as well. And a lot of times that can be bad for performance. So, I think someone I was in a right team with when we discussed uh, streaming uh, Prague one time said it best, which was, if it stops any one person from saying anything in Prague, it's not worth it. Yes, agreed. It's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, with that, gentlemen, it's about twenty after our normal end time. I can hear my girlfriend walking in, and thus uh, I will wrap up, and I have raid in ten minutes. So, before I do that, though, I'd, of course, like to open the floor to you. We've broken down everything about the fight, about the race, about the streaming. 
and give you one final outlet. Anything you want to say, a thought, uh, not too many per second, but just some thoughts that you'd like to share before we wrap things up. Um, big, big fan of the uh, Ara Hoshizara fan club. I recommend anybody who's interested in joining. Uh, we're getting big really fast. Um, Ara's uh, in here. Best guy. You keep doing your shout outs. I'm gonna go do something real quick. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, we're there's good. there's uh, a few people that helped us immensely in this tier that I think deserve all the recognition in the world. That is. Uh, May and Roses of May FC with just a ton of pots. They just literally thousands and thousands of potions for us. Um, our support team and Cleese and Zeppi were invaluable. Uh, and, and just lots of people who supported us, uh, cheered us on. It's, it's awesome. Support is always appreciated. Yeah. Cleese in particular. Um... He did, he did an amazing job of taking tension off and making everything so much fun. His little troll posts, his jokes, the um, the gnomed video, uh, everything was just, it was so much fun. It created this this element of just, of laughter in the midst of all the stress and tension that could have been, or uh, that everyone was experiencing. So thanks, Cleese, for everything. Sly, any last questions you want to ask them before we wrap things up? Because I've I've taken the reins back from you because my my interest. Nope, that's completely fine. Uh, I pretty much got all all the answers I was expecting, except one. In general, which it, to be honest, it's a dumb fuck thing to do. I think, in my opinion, again, my opinion. Pugging this, pugging this fight. Oh God, Sly! I know why you're asking. I'm Sly. Just give don't. No, no, no. I, I, I've given up on this okay. thought. I'm, I tell people, I tell people not to do this. I tell people to find they fucking static or, you know, just don't, just fucking don't. But people will pug this fight. Any words of advice or words of words of wisdom to those who choose to pug this fight? Enjoy it. It is, in my opinion, the most... No, no, the fight as it is. Maybe not the bug experience. I'll leave that one out of it. Enjoy the fight for what it is, because I think that it is the most enjoyable fight in the game. And if you're having a miserable time with bugs, have fun with the fight instead. Agreed. Um, if I'd say any advice, uh, don't join a party finder that doesn't have strats laid out ahead of time or at the very least isn't willing to discuss strats ahead of time, if they're insta-pulling without talking too much, it's probably a bad sign uh, and a waste of your time. Um, uh, Pug-specific stuff is just voice comms. If you're not if you're not mandating voice comms, it's probably a waste of your time because this is a communication-heavy fight. Um, other than that, let's we should try to iron out some public strats. Definitely. I think we already have some. The JPs already have a bunch. So... If we can set some kind of common ground for strategy as soon as possible, pugs will get a lot, a lot better. Just, but just I, don't get hit. Our, our community has historically not been very Use good words. At, at unifying, except under the Xeno strat. So maybe Xeno can help us out. Give us a Xeno, give us Xeno strats for uh, 
teeth. Even that, like, nobody wants to unify. It's the number one thing I noticed. Dude, when I went, I raided in Japan for, like, I did eat, I did, uh... Oh, you cut out there, Happy. Yeah, you cut out completely. Oh, I cut out? Really? Yeah. That's weird. It's, it's Discord. It's been... Oh, yeah, probably. It's been flickering on and off. Um, yeah, I, I, I plugged in... I didn't plug. I went I went with Haru and Kuru in Japan for 09, 10, and 11, and they were still sending the Paladin off in the distance with Hallowed on, like, Pantocrator 2, and I'm like, that's because they agreed on this early, and they said, I don't care. We, on the other hand, spent 45 minutes talking about how to do Chaos Orb Phase. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit rough to get people... Uh, in, in one in one fighting stance, I suppose. I nominate the Keo Pug friendly strats. Oh, I'm not. So when are we gonna get that guy, Keo? <laughs> no, we need oh, the police guys. So bad at writing guys. Maybe if police is willing to champion it, but uh, I know he's pretty exhausted too. So, hope to see. Yeah. But I, I think yeah. I think there are some pug friendly strats out there. Some of mine probably could be adjusted a little bit, but um, I think we can do it. Yeah, the label one member and have everyone follow. I don't think that works for wormhole. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume that doesn't work for wormhole. <laughs> or most Probably of them. Not. Ugh. All right. Well, I'm about five minutes till raid's supposed to start. I'll probably be a little late, but we are going to do a little wrap-up. Now, for those, of you, for those of you who weren't here during pre-show, we had some technical issues getting the stream set up. For some reason, my uh, OBS would not properly capture the cameras, even though it was doing it two weeks ago. But, uh, <laughs> don't give me that face line. Um... And so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to swap to the individual scenes. I just check them, and they've been somehow screwed up in the last two hours, even though nothing's changed since it's the same settings I did before. So with that, uh, I'm gonna let you guys do your sign-offs on the main page here, and uh, yeah, we can do that, and we can wrap things up. So uh, Keo, where can everyone find you at? Uh, I think it's underscore Keo Keonu underscore on Twitter. That's, I do check that fairly re frequently. Um, my Discord is Keo and then number sign 0001. You can find me chat on the balance um, and here and there, but mostly on the balance. And uh, yeah, that's. And then my stream is uh, just twitch.tv slash Keonu, uh, which we'll be streaming the reclear tomorrow. Nice. Uh, thank you. Yes, and best of luck with that. I'm, I'll be tuning in probably while I'm in the middle of suffering myself. Just so I can suffer less for watching you guys too. <laughs> uh, uh, Sphia, where can they find you at, Master Black Mage Man? Uh, right underneath, you can see the at FFC on Twitter. Uh, my Twitch is twitch.tv slash Sphia. Yes, that's all it is now. And my YouTube, Sphia Perian. Two words. Just my in game name. That's, oh, and my Discord, of course, Sphia number 3133. You're the first people to ever share your discords on the show. Really? Yeah, no one's ever done it. I have it on my Twitter just publicly. Always open for questions. There you go. And Sly, they know where they can find us probably by now, but I guess we should do ours yeah. too. You know, they don't really care at yeah. this point. We didn't. We haven't beaten it yet, so it doesn't. I just don't really care. But yeah, <laughs> Sly, where, I guess where can they find you at? I guess you know. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Sly aka Gray Fox. Twitter at Sly the Fox. Uh, Facebook Sly aka Gray Fox, Instagram Sly aka Gray Fox. Um, these next couple of weeks are going to be busy because I'm moving. So yeah. So let me know if we need to move. Obviously, you know to let me know if we need to move shows. Yeah, I'll around. let you know ahead of time. 
Um, But anyone watching, I hope you made it to the end of the show and you know this, so you don't ask me when the next show is, because you're going to ask anyway. And it could change, just so you know. Current plan's next Tuesday, Mm -hmm. but there's no promises. Good luck with that move, by the way. Thank you. I know that life. Uh, you can find me, Mr. Happy, 1227, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, all those places. I haven't posted much videos in the last few weeks, only a couple of prog related videos. Um, probably post another one when I get to Perfect Alexander more consistently, or at all, at this rate. <laughs> and then one for the It'll finish, happen. one for the kill. What happened? It'll happen. It'll happen. Sooner or later. Sooner or later. I'm just, I'm just, a matter of time. I just need to stop getting three in Wormhole. That's it. I just need that to stop happening. I don't want. I don't want three or four. I don't even want one or two. I want five, six, seven, or eight. Every time, huh. give me all four of them. Just I've got end of Vaughn. I've got three stacks. I'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Half legend V two. <laughs> Keo, don't. No, we can't. We can't. Do, I can't come down to that again, Keo. I can't. <laughs> Keo's already like, what are you doing Wednesday? <laughs> 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 I know what I'm doing. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll get it done sooner or later. Uh, I might be out of power for anyone who doesn't know uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Currently, it looks like I won't be, but they're doing power shot offs in California again. So there's... uh, there's... Yeah, I have a similar issue, but it should be okay. We got an all clear. I don't trust them for shit after last time, but right now we've got an all clear. So we're hoping hoping for the best. But anyway, that's going to be a wrap for the show. Thank you for talking to us about Alexander Ultimate. Congratulations so on your massively in the lead world first kill, which has been amazing for me to watch day by day. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week for hopefully, if all things go well, A or Zivia, where Sly and I get to look like more idiots than we normally do. He, Sly, you've won. We still look like idiots, but you've won like the last five. Because I actually studied. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. I didn't study throughout most of college, and I, I had like a, a 3.83 GPA. It doesn't work here as well, I find. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's probably because I played 11 at the time, and I was bored, and I could just read my notes while I was waiting for things to happen. All right. But with that, thank you. We will go into a very short post show, and then we'll see you next week. Thank you, and until then, take care. See you next week. Thanks,